meeting other fighters, still working on my music. You know, there's still, there's a lot of stress, but it's all good stress. There's so much going on. There's so much on my plate right now. There's so much shit that I'm doing. You know what I mean? If I'm going to put that all to hey, the Brian, side. We're, we're off the air. Yeah. Yeah. You stream crashed. You stream, you dirty bitches. It's back on now. You stream silly. They can't, they can't get this shit together. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I know one of the biggest problems people have been having lately, the, uh, uh, where you're trying to watch it back and it stops and then starts back up again and then stops. What's that from? It's uh, they're adding new servers. They're switching the servers oh, from old I servers see. to new servers, so that should be fixed pretty soon. I'm complaining. This is all free. Yeah, Ustream right. is fun. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a nice. Uh, most of the time, we concentrate on the audio version of this thing, but uh, but I, I don't mind having yeah. this Ustream yeah. thing on. I think it's kind of cool. fun. Just when Eddie hides from the bo- bottom line is I'm down. Anytime. Are we back to that. You know, I'm not okay. the one turning it down. Eddie, I saw you uh, do your live show, your music, uh, a couple Sundays ago. And I have seen you, I think, uh, the last three or four times you've done the, the Viper Room. And this last time, uh, fucking amazing, man. You guys have really tightened your ship, and it was really entertaining. Like, it was pretty legit this time, that last time around. Thank you very much. It, it, the secret was you, you grease the sound guy and the stage manager a hundred bucks each and they treat you like royalty. Exactly. They really made it sound really good. Yeah, they didn't, usually those guys get paid $10 an hour. They're like, next, another, another fucking shitty band, another shitty band. They're just like not feeling it at all. They don't want to hear anything. Yeah, it was a you, perfect But the, that hundred dollars, that wakes their fucking asses up. Yeah. That was good, man. <laughs> it does. You guys got to see it. It's like tipping a, a, a stripper a hundred bucks. That's deep. You yeah. tip a stripper a hundred bucks, you're going to take her to her maximum. Whatever that maximum is, you tip a stripper a hundred bucks, she's going to go to the maximum. Absolutely. That she can get away with at the club. Yeah. Are you are you doing that reg- like on a regular basis now? Are you going to be doing it like every month and a half, two months or we're anything? Just playing, we're just playing and having fun and writing music and, and just producing shit. You know, we got a lot of fucking new stuff. It's taken forever to put this together because I'm a busy motherfucker right. I wish I could I moved closer to my recording studio I just moved to Sherman Oaks for the reason Does, was to get closer to that studio because I need now start shit's pumping you know I got a couple songs on the uh, Never Back Down 2 soundtrack one of them's the theme cool. song Dropped is the theme song oh really yeah they were, badass, use, they were gonna use originally the jujitsu song right. they thought I mean when Michael Jai White the producer heard that he wanted that as a theme song right away like from like that second That's We gotta get Michael Jai White in here Yes Yes he For was, sure uh, He's awesome He's a great guy He was uh, You know who he is Who was Tyson yeah. In that movie yeah. Tyson And, and was, Spawn too Yeah, yeah. Spawn, Spawn too. Super fucking cool guy Like one of the most Down normal guys You could ever hang out with Just so like bu- Like no bullshit He's got like no bullshit about him Yes You know what yes. I mean Like yes. super like Even normal Cool dude Yeah Like the guy's like a, He's a movie star man I mean he's He's fucking spawn, you know, but you're hanging out with him. He's like totally cool, totally normal, you know. He's got some great fucking stories, been a lifelong martial artist. Yeah, he, he fights Kyokushin t- tournaments yeah. still. Yeah. He still goes in there in those fucking bare knuckle punch to the ch- chest, leg kick, head kick dude, tournaments. Dude, Michael Jai White is no joke. It's no joke, dude. I mean, he, you know how big he is? He's huge. He's, he's like six foot three, six foot four. 235 pounds yeah, of super super athlete. I mean and he's explosive yeah. I mean holy shit yeah. I mean the, the stuff he does the, he does some like a never back down two um, first of all never back down one as if you don't know is the first 
MMA movie to go mainstream. That was the biggest MMA movie to date, but it was terrible. They made it into like the Fast and the Furious MMA. You know, it was terrible. But the one thing <laughs> I remember... That's all anything is these days, yeah. right? Everything seems to have the same sort of tone to it. These young... There's, yeah. There's like, they're letting you know in like these Fast and the Furious, never back down. Any, any of those kind of movies, they're letting you know, we're never going to get real deep. Like we're yeah. all, we're all just... We're agreeing to this right off the bat. Yeah. What it it's is is like a music what video. Is, what it is is these the people that can make movies and put them right in. The guys that have that power, they really don't know that much about MMA. They just got into it and they're like, "I'm gonna make an MMA movie. I'm gonna make a fighting movie, man. Like this tap out stuff." And yeah. they're the guys with the power. They're not gonna let the guys that could really put together an authentic MMA movie. How are they gonna get their movie? There's, this movie company can only. Uh, is only pushing three movies a year. This one's only pushing 10. You know what I mean? You're going to get yours on that spotlight? Well, someone did, and it, obviously there were a bunch of knuckleheads that put that movie together, the first one. Um, the first one's really bad. It's, it, the story's always like the new guy in town. You know, he's really handsome. <laughs> and all the, all the other guys that are bad guys in town, they're There's got to be hot chicks. Yeah, sure. Oh, they, and they, he they, meets the girlfriend, and, you know, the, the guy doesn't treat her good, and this new guy does. And <laughs> it's the same formula with it. Uh, we could do a scary movie. We can do yeah. an MMA movie. Yeah. Now we need to do a race car yeah. movie with that. Yeah. We're going to do a dancing movie where yeah. they, like, dance off. Same. Uh, story though God. it's the same guys it's the guys with the green light power they're not idiots they're not they just don't know the sport that well that's a they don't know how uh the little things that an mma expert can just like pick it apart yeah. like the little things like they're fighting and there's they're fighting in like in the circle of people standing I'll like that shit forget. doesn't happen you know there's forget. you know what i'm saying when steven seagal had become really famous they started a, a, a like a search like different studios were having searches of martial artists all across the country find the next steven seagal and so uh they met with me in new york and uh, I don't remember what studio it was about, but I said the, the number one problem with martial arts movies is that a real martial artist is going to look at that shit and go, that's not real. That can't happen. That's, that looks, that's unrealistic. Exactly. And they were like, Pah. they got arrogant with me. They were like, that's ridiculous. No, who's going to know? You and like a few other people? Believe me, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't arrogant. matter. He was yeah. like really arrogant about it. I'm like, I'm telling you, as a person, like, if you're a guitar player, okay, and you're watching some fucking movie about the Buddy Holly story, and there's a guy playing guitar, and you know he's not really playing guitar that would drive you crazy if you yeah. saw some guy yeah. and he's doing this and the music's coming out but you know this motherfucker is not playing that music yeah you could tell he ain't playing that, that, as a musician wouldn't that drive you fucking nuts yeah totally you could but, pick that out yeah it would I drive always, you crazy yeah you always you always check the technique yeah uh -huh. and I was telling these guys I'm like look there's some badass shit that you can do that's real that really does work and I can show you I can show you some badass shit that really works but all this flying double scissor kick two dudes at the same time that's silly nonsense this yeah. is silliness yeah like you're doing silly stuff i remember walking out of never back down one going okay it sucked but at least they got the mainstream used to arm bars and triangles and and at least they got them used to looking at fights movie big movie fights do you remember where there's a triangle and an arm bar that's kind of cool. lethal weapon Horian yeah, that Gracie. was a triangle, yeah. Horian Gracie was a fight coordinator for Lethal Weapon. But so, in movies like that, you see stuff yeah. like that every now and then sprinkled in. But like in, in, in Never Back Down, they explained it. They're training it. It's like a new, like a secret weapon. So it, they focused on it. Like in, in Lethal Weapon, he gets him in a triangle, but they didn't say, wow, look what he's actually doing. It's a triangle. Right. They just, most people didn't even know that was a technique. They're like, oh, he, got, he had him between his legs. 
Like, they don't even see the technique. You know, I can't think triangle without thinking about Rampage Jackson and Arona. Whenever anybody even mentions the word triangle, all I think about is that fight. Because that was the craziest end to a triangle attempt ever. Yeah. Rampage picked him up like a pillow and slammed him. Do you remember we were over here watching that shit? Yeah. Do you remember how scary that was? That was scary. Yeah, it look, if you put that in a movie, you would say bullshit. That, yeah. you can't, that could never really happen. Yeah. But you know what I mean? That's, it hasn't happened since. And we, you, you said this. I'll never forget. You said, ooh, he might be dead. Yeah. We were watching this, and you went, ooh, he might be dead. Like, that was, that was the cra- If you've never seen that slam, he's trying to get... Arona's trying to get Rampage in a triangle, and Rampage defends it by picking him up over his head and slamming him down full force onto the ground, and, and then is, headbutting yeah. him. If they that, collided heads accidentally, just from the impact. It was a but, double, it was a double yeah. wham. But if that would have happened on concrete, he would have been a vegetable if he was lucky. Yeah, you know what I mean? He was lucky. He would have been dead. You're probably going to be dead, but if you're yeah. a vegetable, like, damn, yeah. at least you kept him alive. Yeah. That's how hard his head hit. His head ridiculous. would have exploded. It I, wonder exploded. If, I wonder if that's affecting his career now. And oh, not. for sure it is. You think? Unquestionably. That was a fucking violent knockout, man. That was an unbelievably violent knockout. And then right afterwards, Sirkuju knocked him out, remember? Yeah. yeah. So that was two in a row. You know, when you get, when you get bombed out like that, the Sokuju one was brutal too, man. Sokuju out of the gate. You remember how scary that guy was out of the gate? Yeah. Out of the gate, knocks out Nogera, Hojirio Nogera, and then Arona, two in a row, and does it like he's just going to steamroll everyone. Yeah, he looks you like know? a mad destroyer. Jesus. And then someone told me you got to watch a, a fight of his against Glover Teixeira, you know, who was one of the um, guys from uh, Chuck's, Chuck's camp. From SLO, do you remember that guy? Yeah, big, really strong, light heavyweight, but he had like visa problems, I think. Yeah. But a really scary dude, dangerous, dangerous yeah. dude. And he, uh, he, he fought Sokuju and broke him. He fought Sokuju and stopped him with strikes. Yeah. And then you know that this was all after that. That was apparently early, early on. He's such like one of those guys that almost maybe got thrown into the deep end too quick. Yeah, it's never too late for Sokuju. Sokuju just focused on on getting really good at jujitsu and not and not end up like uh, one of those fighters, you know, one of those uh, Olympic wrestlers that never learned jujitsu, you know. you If he falls in love with jujitsu, continues to progress with the striking, he's going to be a force. But he's if he doesn't learn jujitsu, if he doesn't fall in love with jujitsu, his chances are very slim of, of getting to the top. It's real weird when uh, you see, you know, you, you always like to say, well, you know, there's a certain amount of losses a fighter has and then they're done. But every now and then there's a guy who comes along that just defies that shit. That like loses a bunch of times but then gets it together and then starts winning. Jorge Santiago, he's a good example of that. Anderson Silva was just running the mill. Yeah. Leota Machida for a, a few years. Yeah. They were like, ah, oh, he's all right. So the, the fighters right now that you think, yeah, but I mean, oh. I'm talking about losses. I'm talking about bouncing back from losses. Machida, you know, only bounced back from the Shogun loss. But like Alistair, Alistair Overeem, I think he's been stopped nine times. Bobby Hoffman stopped him. You know, uh, he got submitted by Verdum. Haritonov stopped him. Chuck stopped him. A lot of guys stopped him. Yeah. And if you looked at him on paper yeah. with all those stoppages, you would say, well, how is this guy ever going to be the best? But then you look at him now, shit, he, he's one of the best, man. Yeah. And he's, his jiu-jitsu is good. Yeah. He'll kill you with Fuck a guillotine. Yeah. And he's, his striking is, no one's close. That, that motherfucker is the Strike Force Grand Prix champion, and or the, excuse me, the K1 Grand Prix champion and the Strike Force champion and the Dream champion. Yeah. Who the fuck has ever been able to do that? Do kickboxing at the highest level and MMA? The thing that saves Overeem is that he mastered the guillotine. Anybody try to take him down, you got to take him down. I mean, 
most people aren't going to try to stand with them. There's going to be a couple, you know, brave motherfuckers out there that try to stand with them. There will be in MMA, but usually they're going to try to take him down. They yeah. got to worry about that guillotine. Yeah, his guillotine's death. He's, he's fucking cemented Vitor with it. Yeah, he's, so, he's good. And his, and his ground game is good, too, yeah. because his brother, um, Valentine Overeem, he hasn't had a, a successful career as of yet. He's still fighting, but he's a real smart guy and is in love with jiu-jitsu. Uh, Valentine Overeem's jiu-jitsu is really, really good, and that's his brother. So it's it's rubbing off on him because because uh, uh, um, Overeem, um, Alistair won the Alistair. Uh, he won the uh, Abu Dhabi European Trials, didn't he? Something like that. I, yeah. Don't quote me on it, but I know his jiu-jitsu is good, and that's the key. All you guys out there, I know I never fought, but in my opinion, I've I've been in the business. Getting paid since 2000. That's a paid. Watching fighters come and go, watching fight camps come and go, meeting all these guys and get to. I'm like, I'm experiment. Like, I go through their lives, and it's never too late to get your career together. You have to fall in love with jujitsu. Of course, you need like the mental state together. You got to have, you can't, you know, have a fragile ego and you got to, you, you got to have a warrior's mind. But if you have a warrior's mind, you love to fight, you love to train, you have a great work, work ethic, please fall in love with some jujitsu. Fall in love with it. Then you become dangerous on the ground. A wrestler who is not interested in learning how to take people out. That's like a basketball player not interested in like shooting the ball. I just want to dribble. I'm just going to dribble. I don't need to shoot the ball. I'm just going to dribble. Look at me. I'm a great dribbler. Yeah, your dribbling is awesome. You got to get good at closing the show, making some points. How could you be a wrestler and not be in love with choking necks? Fall in love with it. Study Marcelo Garcia. He's got a website, 30 bucks a month. If you're an MMA right now and you're not studying Marcelo Garcia, you're behind the times. He's the number one guy in jiu-jitsu, number one in no-gi jiu-jitsu. No one's better than him. If you're an MMA fighter, fall in love with Marcelo Garcia. That's a great start. Jeff Glover, another great start. If you fall in love with Jeff Glover and Marcelo Garcia, bone both of them, you know what I'm saying? And Glass, of course, you're some yeah. dude who just likes to stand. Yeah, that's good, too. You're but you, yeah, you're going to go so far. In, in what I've seen working backstage at all these goddamn shows for the UFC for eight years, that's what I see. I see the guys come and go, come and go. And the main thing at the very top, at the very top, even if you're a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and you won the Mundials a bunch of times, um, what I see, I see the prelims for the last eight years. A lot of people don't see uh, what's going on in the prelims. Just getting signed, if you're under 170 and you get signed to the UFC... That doesn't mean shit. You got to get through the prelims to get to the main card. You know how many fights you got to win to be on the main card and you're 170 pounds they are going to put you on the main card? You got you to win more than two fights and you better be exciting. So getting signed to the UFC is like those, and I've used this before, it's like those turtles that, that they're born, they're hatched in the, yeah, you're born. Yeah, you're alive. But now you got to get past the seagulls and all the crabs attacking you. Good luck making it to the ocean, the mm. main card. Good yeah. luck. It's really hard. And the guy, the, my point is, there's a, I see a lot of guys come and never make it to the prelim. There's been a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belts out there. I don't want to say any names. A lot of them coming through, and they just get smashed by wrestlers. No one ever sees it. No one ever talks about it. It's not on the underground, and they just disappear. There's been a lot of them. There's, guy, there's been guys that rise and are, are stars, like Charles Oliveira and that Rocha guy. I like those guys. I want them to, you know, they, their submissions look slick, no gi. But there's a lot of guys they get they can't get to the main card because they couldn't get past the elite wrestler. Even though they were a black belt in the, in the gi, they're on their back. The guard is okay. Sometimes things catch, 
But overall, I see a lot of guys lose decisions because they're on their back against some average college wrestler they couldn't get passed by. I see that a lot. That's what I've seen. Unless I, unless I dreamed it or it's like, an, like I'm having delusions, that's, that's what I thought I, I see. <laughs> I see a lot of guys come through. They don't have the answer for the elite wrestler. You, if you haven't wrestled your whole life, if you haven't wrestled your whole life, guess what? Most of the guys at the top have wrestled, and you better have the answer for them. That's your worst nightmare. You better be training for that wrestler right now because that's what you're going to hit. And every year, more and more wrestlers are quitting their job at fucking Home Depot, and they're watching The Ultimate Fighter going, I could be famous too. I wrestled 23 years. Fuck this life. They got three kids. They hate their wife. There's a lot of these guys coming. They're coming. They want to be famous too. There's a new celebrity in town, and it's the MMA fighter. And these guys, there are a bunch of them. The judo guys are going, shit, I could do it too. I almost went to the Olympics in judo. There's all these guys coming out. What are you going to do to them? These guys are used to being on top. They've been wrestling since two. You're going to start wrestling now. If you haven't wrestled your whole life, your guard better be amazing. It better be ninja. When they talk about your guard, you think you're going to make it to the top in MMA and you haven't wrestled your whole life? If they're not talking about your guard like it's fucking phenomenal so dangerous stay away from his guard it's amazing if they're not saying that about your guard your chances are slim that you're going to get past the elite wrestler because you're not going to be on top for sure and it's a 50 50 beat them strike if you beat them striking you know you might win a few these new young guys man all of them are super equipped like this uh michael mcdonald kid that fought this weekend you see that fight i didn't see that fight oh my God, what a fight. Edwin Figueroa, Michael McDonald, they fought at 145. Prelim? 145 or 135? I think it was 145. Forgive me if I'm not sure. Yeah, it was one of the prelims. It aired on like Facebook or, you know, one of those things. Maybe it was Spike. I think it was Facebook, though. This fucking kid is super talented, dude. Super talented. And both of them are. The Figueroa took the fight on six days' notice and cut 20 pounds to, to make the weight class. I'm pretty sure it was 135. Either way. Um, uh, Figueroa cut all this fucking weight and uh, was getting his ass kicked in the first round, but then just gutted it out and starts going after him in the second round, then the third round. Dude, it was a, just a crazy fucking fight. But this kid, uh, McDonald, had him in a triangle armbar combination. He had his back. He, he just it was it was sick, sick display of striking and jujitsu together. And he's fucking twenty years old, man. All these new guys that are coming up, they can do everything. They can wrestle. They can do jujitsu. They're good off their back. They're all good off their back. They, yeah. You have to be. That's the next yeah. stage. There's no getting past yeah. that. There's no way ultimately being having an average guard like most, you know, just most typical MMA fighters, just that average guard that we're seeing now, that's, if you have that, you're gone. Well, I think ultimately. that the days of a guy not being good at any of the aspects of MMA are on the way out. There's yeah. not that many room. There's not that much room left. It's That's, like it's like every other sport, man. It, it gets broken down to its bare essentials, and everything gets exposed. And now that we know the bare essentials, it's real simple. You have to have all of them in place. You have yeah. to have wrestling. You have to have striking. You have yeah. to be good off your back. It's a you science. Have to be good on top. Yeah, it's a science. And we've both of us have worked backstage, and we see these guys come and go. It really is a strange perspective for me. I'm getting to see what every fight I see in the truck for the last eight years, I'm analyzing what works and what doesn't. I'm constantly doing the research and talking to these guys, see them come, see them go. I could put careers together like charts, yeah. you know? And there's, like, some, there's a weird arrogance to not wanting to learn some aspects of the sport. Yes, that's, a, that's the problem. Yeah. Basically, if, if the people you roll with, if, this is, you know, if you're an MMA fighter and the people you roll with 
aren't talking about your jujitsu like it's amazing, man, your chances are slim. That's why people eventually, you see these stars rise. And again, this is all coming from a guy, a scientist studying charts backstage. I've never fought. I'm not a badass. I'm not an athlete. I'm not this tough dude. I just, I just notice things. That's all. I notice things, you know, on a, on a hyper level. And I notice that the fighters that come and go, the ones that come, if you put them all, I can't name names. That's the problem. You see them come and you, mm-hmm. then you see them go. If you put them all together, they, their jujitsu was never discussed. One common denominator was their jujitsu was probably never discussed as something lethal at their own gym. You know what I mean? Probably not. I could, I could go well, on that all level. Of, there's a lot of guys who can get away with just wrestling and really good striking for a while. Fight for a while. Yeah, if you can keep the fight, you got to be good at everything. And people yeah. are leaving out razor sharp finishing jujitsu. Mm-hmm. They're leaving that out. There's a lot of guys that are spending most of their 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 time working on their striking, which is great. But I think the main concern is, you know what? I'm going to be as tough as I can. I don't want to be exposed. I don't want to get knocked. I'm going to do everything I can to not get knocked the fuck out in front of the world. So most people focus on the striking i totally understand that but you have if you want to make if you want to fight if you want a long career you want a long successful career you have to fall in love with jujitsu and that means you have to get into you have to study the top guys and the top guys are marcelo hodger gracie and jeff glover just the most beautiful jujitsu just watch that and you got to start getting into that if you're not into it and your career's not going that great Ask yourself that question. Think about think about what I'm saying. I'm, you know, you've got to fall in love with jiu-jitsu. You have to. Not yeah, just striking and wrestling. Especially if you want, look, if you like fighting, you're going to want to have a, a career that's long. and You're, you're going to want to take as little damage as possible. And if you don't have, like, a really good submissions, if that option isn't in your toolbox at all times, you know, you're going you're gonna to engage in longer fights than necessary. You're going to get more damage than necessary. You know, there's guys that uh, would see, you know, you know that, that have equal striking, but one guy will see an opening for a submission and jump on it once he's, even though he's striking with the guy, because he recognizes it's the correct thing to do, that it's there. But for some guys, they don't have that option in their toolbox. And no. if you don't have that option in your toolbox, you're gonna have a longer, you're gonna have longer fights. They're gonna have, they're gonna be more brutal. You're gonna take more damage. It's and you have fact. less options. And you can and get hurt. Overall, whoever has the less options is yes. gonna do not as good. It's and, just science. And if there's more time fighting, there's more time you getting hit. There's more chances you getting hurt. It's that simple. Yeah. It's really that simple. If you want to lengthen your career, you want to be as effective as possible. Yeah. And if you want to have the most dynamic career, you want to be as effective as possible. Take whatever the fuck is there. That's why George St. Pierre is so good. George St. Pierre never commits to doing anything. I mean, he might be, uh, a, he might be, he might decide the game plan is to box you. But if you take him down, it's not like he hasn't been working on his guard. It's not like yeah. he hasn't been working on getting right back up to his feet. You know, it's not like he's not really comfortable strangling you on the ground. If it's there, he's not going to stand up and let you stand up and start banging it out with you mm-hmm. again. If he sees an opening, he's going to take it. He's going to strangle you. Are we ever going to see George St. Pierre be put on his back? Did he fight some? guy that's just putting him on his back at will and we're gonna have to see how good george uh st pierre's guard is this fight you think that'll ever happen this fight easily could be that jake shields could easily get a hold of george you think so yes i think stand up wise stand up wise george is very fluid he's much more fluid he's 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 more capable his jab is nasty that that uh he does that superman jab too and fucks you up with it he's he's nasty on his feet man his leg kicks george oh for sure george he's nasty yeah totally he uh, he won uh kickboxing 
kickboxing contest with Tiago Alves, basically. I mean, I mean, there were some takedowns in that fight, yeah. but the kickboxing part of it, the stand-up part, George won that shit. George is a, a beast. Yeah. So Jake is at a significant disadvantage standing up. But Jake is a motherfucker, dude. If he gets a hold of him, if he gets that fucking double underhooks on George and really squeezes, if somehow or another he finds himself in a position where, you know, George zigs when he should have zags or he get, somehow or another gets him pressed up against the cage and actually gets a hold of him, things get real interesting, man. Things get real it's, interesting. It's all it's all about how they're going to match up. Yeah. I mean, I could see I could see it two ways. I can see uh, Jake Shields taking uh, maybe 90 seconds to pass George's guard, and then he finally passes, and then within a minute, he sinks in a rear naked choke or some guillotine and then puts him out, and you're like, wow, man. He it, he took his time, but he sort of went through George. I could see that, maybe. Or I could also see him not being able to pass George St. Pierre's guard. George St. Pierre's guard might be insane. Mm -hmm. Like, by this time. The last yeah. time we saw it, I think it was maybe Carl Prison or something. I forget the last time we saw it, but he was on his back. I don't think he did that much, but now, um, who knows? Yeah, maybe, he's preparing for maybe. Everything. Yeah, maybe his maybe Jake Shields can't pass George, or he passes the half guard, and then he passes the side control, and then he recovers, and like, damn, he's got to pass again. Yeah. One of those battles, one of those chess matches, and if it's like that, maybe later in the rounds. George St. Pierre has a, a tired Jake Shields. Jake Shields is able to get like one takedown out of three or four attempts. He's able to get him, drag him down, but damn, now he can't pass his guard. Now he has to he's stand getting tired. George. Now he's got to stand and he's tired. That could happen too. Yeah. Or he could go through him. Fuck. Who knows? It's who a knows? total mystery. It's a total mystery. It I could totally go both ways and I'd go, oh, damn, it went that way. I'm super excited for yeah. that one, man. Who knows? I'm super excited for that. And you, another scenario is Jake Shields cannot take down George St. Pierre not even once. That's another scenario. Sure. That, I mean, if that scenario. happened, I'd be like, damn, his wrestling wasn't good scenario. enough. Because if you look at Josh Koscheck, mm -hmm. man, Josh yeah. Koscheck uh, on paper was a better wrestler than uh, Jake Shields on yes. paper. He did more in college. He was like an, uh, an All-American, maybe a national champion once, I think. I think he was the best. Uh-huh. Chuck Liddell told and me and Josh, Josh Koscheck was the best fast. college wrestler He's ever. so fast. Yeah. He's and so he fast. couldn't fuck with GSP. Yeah. What if Jake Shields can't take down it's possible. GSP? Very That's possible. possible too. Fuck yeah, it's possible. Or maybe he takes him down super easy. Or maybe it looks like, like if you were, you know, an interesting thing uh, with the Phil Davis Nogueira fight was Phil Davis could not take down Little Nog in that first round, and it looked, it looked like, for me, if I was Phil Davis's coach, I would have been like, man, you can't take him down. But you know what Phil Davis kept doing? He kept trying, and in the second round, he just kept trying, and then he finally got him. Down. He switched it from doubles to singles. And yeah. Once he did that, he and he just kept them. fucking plugging yeah. away with the wrestling. Yeah. A lot of wrestlers at that point would have just said, "Fuck it, I'm going to stand with him yeah. and take my chances there." Well, Phil Davis is so confident with his wrestling. Yeah. He Apparently, just stuck he, with. Did it. you hear his post-fight interview? He had a lot of physical problems coming into his camp. Really? Apparently, yeah. He got injured a couple times, and yeah. he, he was having some real problems where he wasn't sure if he was going to go through the fight. You see how fast he flicks up those head kicks, dude? Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. He, he landed that front kick to the face like uh, yeah. Anderson does, too. That's crazy. Yeah, his, his legs are so powerful. And man. so fast. He yeah. just springs up. Yeah. You know, God oh, he's damn. Got, he's got the most ridiculous mesomorphic build ever. Yeah. You know, as far as like, you look at like the classic mesomorph, you know, where there's, there's different body structures, ectomorph, uh, what is it? Uh, 
What is it? What's the other one? I don't know any of those morphs. Bro. Mesomorph, <laughs> ectomorph, endomorph. Endomorph. Yeah. Endomorph I'm, is is like I never tend to be overweight. <laughs> ectomorph is like really skinny, and mesomorphs are like really wide shoulders, heavily muscled, like really like super athlete builds. And he's got a perfect mesomorphic build. His like his his hips are like really narrow, but then it flares out to like big shoulders. You know, mm-hmm. he's uh, spectacularly like like the way he looks. Like he's like a Bulldog. Yeah, well, no, it's like it looks like like a fucking like a comic book superhero. Isn't it know? weird that it's kind of it's like like on the on the fence of being racist, kind of like if you bring up that you know that the African American huh? Oh, the African. you bring up too? the African American athlete is yeah. like just takes over all sports. It's well, like, you know what? I even talk about a that lot is- of guys who are look like guys like Phil Davis and John Jones. They work fucking incredibly hard. This is not just a matter of guys who are just genetically gifted and they don't have to try. No, no, no they're they're inte- the thing that both that both those guys have in common besides being black and besides being super athletes is they're both super fucking driven. They work yeah. really hard, yeah. and they're both really intelligent guys who know what they have to do and go throughout and didn't do it. So yeah. when anybody questions what they've done to get where they are they're like well fuck you you know you know you have no idea how much work i put in this is not easy but they're still better at it than other people i mean yeah it's just yeah it's like they got they got the all yeah. the ingredients yeah, like you you, you yeah. can't have you can't be a natural gifted athlete yeah. and not work hard that's not good enough no. you gotta have both you gotta work hard and that, that the edge is the yeah. natural stuff is the edge i'm no super athlete but when i was doing taekwondo i know there were certain people that i had physical advantages over that they were undeniable just having larger bones for my size, being able to hit harder. You know, there's certain certain things that, that you, you they're undeniable. You know, it's, it's, isn't that weird how it's kind of racist to talk about that shit? Well, I can talk about it myself, though, because I'm Italian. Look, you know, Joey Diaz was talking to me about this on the, on the phone the other day. He's like, yo, old family, they're fucking masons. Masons from Italy. Those guineas, those guineas make good masons because everybody else tapped out. Everybody else is like, fuck this, I'm not carrying rocks. The guineas like, fuck you, I'll carry these fucking rocks. And that's what it, I mean. It's it's no no different in a racist way than the idea that you know African Americans were at one point in time slaves and they were bred to be larger and stronger. You know why is that? Why is that racist? Isn't that, that tr- people got fired? Uh, Jimmy the Greek got fired. Isn't that like been a proven fact? Is it? Is it a proven fact? I don't know. It's I'm like you. you. It's, it's like you can't. Like a racist you thing. can't bring. Yeah, it's totally. Why is like it a racist, racist to say that they have the fucking greatest bodies of all time? Yeah. Why Man, is it racist I wish, to say yeah. they're the greatest athletes ever? Michael Jordan. I mean, could you stop. It's Who the because, fuck is a greater athlete than Michael Jordan? Yeah. You remember when we were kids? You used to see those pictures of him flying through the fucking air. Yeah. <laughs> when was the last time a white guy was flying through the air in a basketball game like that? Yeah. I mean, he could fly. <laughs> he, you remember those photos in Sports Illustrated where you're like, there's no way that's real. There's no way that guy's that high in the air. He could fly. It's 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 like, a, it's the reason. It's like... A, it's they think I think the people that think it's racist see it as when they say if you bring it up it's almost like yeah you're a better athlete but you know it's because we right. owned you right, you know what right. I mean it's a direct oh, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean it's yeah. that kind of feeling I could see, well I could see that yeah well, the, all the, my relatives are from from Italy and Ireland so nobody owned anybody in my family so I don't you, have any you might be half black Joe. Guilt. well I'm mostly Sicilian. So if you follow the movie True Romance, <laughs> there's a lot of black in my past. It's such a beautiful story. You know what? Story, if, I could, if I could uh, add a time machine and I can go back 
and I could like mess with uh, parallel dimensions and universes, I would choose a life where I was in a world where all the Mexicans were enslaved I think- and they got created pr- pr- like amazing athletes and then I was a, a, a product of that. I wouldn't like for me right now. I think that would be a, that's a cool background. Like I my think, people were enslaved, you know. For me, I don't understand the the I, like you know because I'm not black, so they have a whole different feeling. For I think it. if I go back into my history, if I could get a time machine and go back to the history of my DNA, I think along evolution, you know, if evolution is real, and if one point in time we were actually lower hominids and we evolved to become humans and these hairless apes. I think there must be stages along the way, you know? And I think at one point in time, one of my great, great ancestors fucked a monkey he probably shouldn't have been fucking anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> There's like one crazy monkey that was probably going to die out, one crazy wild monkey, and this more evolved monkey was like, God damn, but I am horny. And he shot a load into that crazy monkey, and that monkey became like this hybrid, and that's where I, my, that's my genetic lineage. I definitely came from, I, I definitely have a, just a hair more monkey in them than the regular person. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, if, if, we, if you look at evolution, you know, you look at like evolved people, you know who looks evolved to me? Asian people do. Asian people, yeah. they have less hair. They're fucking awesome at math. They're yeah. incredibly hard workers. You know, they're talking about having these, these they're going to have this, this thing in Japan where the, the nuclear uh, power plants have melted down. Dude. A bunch of people, more than 50, are going to die for sure because they went in there to clean that shit up. Like, they sacrificed themselves. Yeah. That shit would never happen if, with my people. Anybody in my family, anybody with my genetics, that's not happening. My culture, that's not happening. We're not going to do that. Who's uh, the, the Japanese to me? That seems to be the most of all. So that's racist against me. And, and... I think I'm closer to a monkey than Japanese people are. Have I'm you, a racist against myself. Speaking of fucking animals, have you seen that Vice Guide to like where they they fuck donkeys? Yes, in Colombia. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, that I didn't think they would actually show, show it, it yeah. or show like a twelve year old. What if that was trolling? What if they trolled us? It was all they invented. I, I, I they hope. would be in trouble. They would be in trouble yeah, already. But when yeah. that the twelve year old goes like, I like to spread the pink pussy apart in its red. I love uh, the fuck the donkey pussy. Yeah, they and fuck like, donkeys. What? Yeah. Yeah, it's so disturbing. Who are they? They catch these Colombians. Yeah, oh. they catch these guys fucking donkeys. It's like there's a whole bunch of them fucking donkeys. Like, it's like in in, in this I'm part sure of Colombia, if there's people fucking animals anywhere, it's happening in all cultures. Well, with this part of Colombia, it's it's kind of well known in their in their society that uh, your first uh, sex is with a donkey. Like it's normal. Like how weird is it that that is going on the exact same time your neighborhood is going on or your neighborhood right. is going on? You know what I'm saying? Like you know you think. This is all happening at the same time on this planet. There's parts of this planet that are in a totally different frequency than we are right here. Yeah, if I lived in Colombia in some third world country or like that, I'd probably be fucking a donkey every now and then. <laughs> For goof? <laughs> Fuck it. What else is there to do? There's probably not enough chicks. Imagine they all, all the good ones get taken up by the dictators. Yeah. You know what I mean? They all get the best ones. They get them swooped up. <laughs> Can you imagine how much it must suck to be born into some really fucking crazy little small country that's super poor and has dirt roads? And you don't even realize how fucked up everything is until one day you go somewhere and there's a TV. And you look at the TV and you see like Manhattan and shit and buildings and skyscrapers and people eating dinner and juicy steaks. You're like, what the fuck? Like, where's all this happening? And you're, you're stuck with no shoes on. You're, you get your shoes are made out of water bottles. <laughs> you ever seen those kids? They make flip-flops out of water bottles. Have you seen that shit? Yeah. Yeah, that's going on right now, man. Good. Going on right now in the world. 
they also said that in that documentary that there was like sometimes there's like that one slutty donkey that's just walking around the streets and oh, he's like and then sometimes I was dicks. so horny I would not even use a condom and now fuck oh. the the, st- the the neighborhood donkey slut. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know, uh, fucking so sheep is is sexually. huge. You know, yeah, sheep fucking yeah. Yeah, remember that sheep yeah. vagina pit? Yeah. That, that mockumentary yeah. for the man show that was <laughs> never even close to getting made. Yeah. What was it? Well, we were talking about uh, sheep be- vagina, like maybe sheep pussy is like way better than regular pussy. Like maybe yeah, you don't even it starts leaking. It's supposed to be though. Yeah. It's supposed to sheep pussy is supposed to be like way like as realistic to a real pussy as possible. But it gets so and, good. And, and the bit is more, it gets so good. Muscular. It's a it's a 2020 mockumentary. To, like like this is already what's happening. Put sheep pussy is so good that it leaked into the city. People started sneaking, you know, living with sheep in the city, and it got it got to be a big problem. And everyone's fucking sheep, and. Um, that's it. Have <laughs> no, you, have you, no, there was like violent murders and stuff. There was remember. Sh- oh, there was a sheep problem. Yeah, there yeah, was a sheep. Sheep's would start murdering other sheep's. Yeah, because they could if they smell. They get jealous. They feel great. They feel w- way better than a, a, a female vagina. So everyone's into it. Everyone loves their sheep. Everyone's got sheep at their houses. Everyone's got. But if you cheat on your sheep. If they smell sheep on you, they'll attack you and, and like eat your dick and just kill you like a yeah, like they, a chimpanzee. Two, two dudes got murdered. <laughs> yeah, and it's becoming a problem. And so they, they're, they're outlawing sheep vagina. And they had we had sheep sheep gang war where the sheep would go into the next door neighbor's fucking house and kill their sheep. <laughs> if you had to fuck one animal, which one, which kind of animal sheep. would you you would do? Seems sheep? Like, seems like just go with the flow, man. Yeah, I think people they already been, figured it out. You know yeah, what I mean? People I think them farmers tried all that forever. shit. Yeah. Giraffe, no. You wouldn't go crazy. Rhino, no. <laughs> No. Alligator, <laughs> not worth it. They're settling on yeah. sheep for some yeah, reason. There's a reason. You, you <laughs> let, them, let them do the groundwork. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I believe them. Listen, if they tell you that those peppers are hot, trust me, it's because somebody ate them. You wake dude up. Joey just discovering that he just started fucking sheep pussy and he's like telling you how great it is. <laughs> Listen, cocksucker, forget, forget that fucking fleshlight, whatever that nonsense is. Listen to me. Sheep, there's a reason why those fucking farmers in Mon- Montana and up there in Butte, those dudes with leather faces look like fucking catches mitt smoking Marlboros and fucking sheep dog all day long that's what they're doing and those guys they know about new york they go fuck you i don't want to leave i'm good i'm good i got my reefer i got my sheep i'm gonna shoot a fucking bear this afternoon listen cocksucker sheep pussy it's where it's at they got it right they're living by streams while we're here like fucking animals in burbank took me an hour in traffic an hour in traffic dog to get to fucking L.A. An hour. <laughs> it ain't right. It ain't right. That guy's got it nailed. He's fucking sheep smoking joints from his mouth to God's ears. I think I would go crazy and fuck a dolphin if I had to choose. Or just go really crazy and fuck like a bullfrog. Bull f- like bull let you know, me like tell you something about dolphins. Getting... The dolphin's going to fuck you, son. Okay? <laughs> no, I'm dolphins saying are like any of these animals. 200 pounds. No, no, I'm saying any animal. Porpentine and... muscle. I'm saying any animal. Like, like you could have a tiger if you wanted to. They would like sedate it enough, get it, you know, some roofies. Oh, you want a roofie and date rape a tiger. Yeah. That's good. You could date rape any animal is what I'm saying. Yeah, because a dolphin, what you would actually have like a spiritual connection. They're so yeah. smart. And it'll be slimier. I would like, go with You look sheep. that dolphin in the eye and you're like, yeah. man, like you could actually fall in love with a dolphin. Yeah. Like, it does all these fucking tricks for you. It sucks your dick for, for, for sardines. You're like, holy shit. A dolphin sucking your <laughs> dick would be Can you imagine that? You'd be like, oh. You know how moist the dolphin In the water? Is? You're just like, <laughs> you're barely feeling the teeth. Oh, careful, Mr. There's dolphin. Careful with the teeth. You could fuck him and he can take you for a ride. Dude, you know what? Giving you a gentle dolphin blowjob with those giant. 
in scissors. With all the crazy people on this planet, you know there's been one fucking dude that worked at SeaWorld. They tried there's to like, suck his dick oh, on yeah, 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 yeah no, try to let well the dolphin known. suck his dick. Come yeah, on, there's got to sure. be one 100%. or two. There's, I think by the time it's 2011, it. all you have to do is think about it. If you think about it, you say, what well, do you think someone's ever fucked a dolphin? Absolutely. If you can think about it, it's been done a thousand times. Dude, a YouTube video of that? That'd be amazing. Well, they would pull it down, those pussies. They'd have, have to, to put get it that on shit porn on hub. daily motion. Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there a website be for bestiality? Yeah, no, you would, ha- would have. But to that's be, illegal, right? It would have to be hosted in another country. Um, it would no. have to be it's illegal. In country. Yeah. yeah. Can the FBI come to your house if you're watching animals get jacked? Probably if they well, wanted to. Well, I don't. I think federally it's illegal, but statewide. See, the, the weird thing with states' laws is that's how that movie Zoo got made. <laughs> In some states, it's still legal to fuck animals and let animals dude, fuck you. Dude, can you imagine getting busted by the FBI for having all this like bestiality porn? But, um, but you, like, how many guys out there were like fighting it? Like, this was a joke. This made me laugh. I wasn't into it. Oh, the people that downloaded it. I don't think. Yeah, like this, I don't think you go to jail if you download it. But, but, but you go to jail if you put it online and like you know have it on a website. Oh, if you download it, you don't go to jail. Video. Maybe no, if you no, pay because no, no, you could always say, "Man, Your Honor, yeah, we, we I thought this know. was hilarious. Listen, My buddies would watch it all the time. We're I don't laughing. Think, I don't think as long as it's a victimless crime, as long as it looks like it's a grown adult, I don't think that you get in trouble for that. I think Damn. it's you're not you're not supposed to be in possession of it, but I don't think you would actually. Yeah, there's got to be a website like who like who. You know, if you think you fucked like the craziest, weirdest creature, put it online and have a judge and have like, a contest. Is. There's got to be a contest, yeah. dude. Come on, like be. fucking every single uh, breed of dog yeah. or the wildest animal. <laughs> so if you can get a fucking is, polar bear. Uh, you know, anytime there's figure any, it out. Anytime there's any sort of a controversial thing like this, the <laughs> FBI will infiltrate these fucking groups. Dude, can and you imagine that they want to fuck animals? It's too. like a, it's like before a, you know it. You know, right when the guys guys get a stick out and there's a donkey. <laughs> freeze, FBI! What, <laughs> motherfucker? You got me this donkey. It's like an American <laughs> Idol thing. See who could fuck the craziest animal. Hey, what do you think about like <laughs> setups? What do you think about setups like that? Like dogs wouldn't even be in the ballpark. Would, people would get into like try to get bears and shit. You know what I mean? The oddest ones trying to get like a hippopotamus <laughs> you know what I mean? and like the a, winning like you got a rope around its neck dude if shit. there was a five million dollar grand american idol prize see you can fuck the crazy, crazy thing thing on video oh my God. <laughs> five million dollars all we would need is a couple <laughs> nuclear meltdowns in this country lower lower the price of life and then for sure that could be a real oh, show totally. you can fuck the craziest <laughs> animal next on spike after tough 196 <laughs> <laughs> Tough season 196. Because you know what? That Brock Lesnar is still the UFC heavyweight champion because now they have genetic engineering and he's fucking 200 years old. <laughs> Dude, the first year. Fucking a koala bear. The first year yeah. they wouldn't get the crazy wild animals. They'd have to build. They'd have to build like by the third and fourth season. You know what I mean? They're getting crazier and crazier. Like the craziest would be like a fucking killer whale. Or realistically, you know I mean? realistically, there's not much difference between the human beings of today and the human beings that were having people fight tigers in the Roman Empire. We're the same fucking people. The only thing is that we've managed to not have a giant natural disaster between then and now. So we've accumulated a bunch of data on how you shouldn't act. That's the only reason why we don't have people fighting tigers in the middle of a fucking arena today. Because if somebody put it out today, we would there would be a bunch of people that would be into it. And if anything ever happened to the people today... If there was some fucking asteroid impact that killed off half of us and the people survived, it was all fucking chaos and... 
for sure within a hundred years, people would be fighting tigers in, a, in an arena again. It would and start what, all over again. And when, what year did they get that bad? <laughs> How did that come about? Because they had, a, they had to come a point in time where they're like, dude, we can't well, be, we off. can't having. It all died off. You know, the empire died off. It, that's the, that was the, I mean, I, I think, you know, probably today somewhere, if you got enough money, you can get a dude to fight a tiger. You know, I think, yeah. Was it the was it the know? fall of the Roman Empire? Yeah, yeah, definitely. They didn't have it. They didn't like move it to Greece or you know, know to England. I don't think Why so. not? I think the Romans were the ones who were into the Colosseum and all the the, the, the crazy fights that they would set up. You know, they must have been the gangsterest like... family ever to take over. You're the head of the Roman Empire. You're the fucking emperor of the greatest em like ancient empire. The yeah. Romans dominated all. They smashed everybody, and you're the emperor. You're having fucking orgies. You're having people fight lions in front of you. Could you imagine you know what, I mean? what that must have been like back then? There was no internet. No television and this guy was the king of Rome He's the emperor <laughs> Everyone's of Rome bored as and he fuck. would stand up and he would fucking give speeches to the death <sighs> and he would have that was hordes like... thousands of men raising their spears <laughs> cheering for you I, I bet that had something to do with getting elected like mm -hmm. this motherfucker he, he, he comes with the crazy shit at first it was yeah. gladiators fighting each other then animals fighting animals then guys fighting animals like that's like a new campaign to get uh... and I think the whole royalty thing probably all started off because everybody wants to think that they're the man everybody wants to think that they you know that, that they could be the, the the guy running shit if you think you're around like a regular dude you're like this dude isn't better than me i could be better than that guy that's like the classic male ego problem but if you get someone who's elevated to the point of royalty like you can't even question you can't get to know them you are not allowed to get to know them so you never get to crack the puzzle you can't be sitting right next to them going this motherfucker's crazy you're running shit why are you running shit hey everybody get over here this guy we're calling the king, this guy's a crazy asshole. This guy's banging his daughters, and he's fucking killing people for a goof and having his wives executed. He's crazy. We got to stop letting him run shit. We can, he's just a regular person. You know, but they never got a chance to say he's just a regular person. You can get close to him. That's the only way a person can really rule. They have to rule as if they're something outside of the human race. They have to rule like a deity. They have to rule like they're a god. They have to rule like they're... You can't even come close to them. You got to get on your knees, sire. Thank you for hearing my words. You know, you had to get on your knees and not make eye contact with him. And then when he put his hand out, you would kiss it. <laughs> what the fuck? It's like they, they, you had to have that trick to keep, to keep an empire together. You couldn't just, they couldn't have access to information. It's like the ultimate example of how, like, those empires, like, the more access to information, the more you realize that the guy in charge is just fucking crazy. The, the less likely it is to be able to have something like that. That's why all these fucking empires are falling apart all over the world, man. That's what Egypt, why it's going on in Egypt with Mubarak, and why in Libya they're trying to get rid of Gaddafi. I mean, I'm sure there's a bunch of American black ops involved as well. There's a bunch of CIA shit that, you know, forcing these people out because they're probably sitting on a giant pool of oil. You know but what? I haven't the listened... people are into it because information, because they're getting information. I haven't listened to the Alex Jones version of what's going on in, uh, in um, Libya. I'm sure there's a whole different version. I'm very interested in it. I just yeah. haven't had time, Alex. I haven't heard it either. I haven't heard it either. I can't. When shit is really happening, when real shit is going down, that's the last time I want to listen to Alex because he'll get you distracted. It's eugenics. What they're doing right now is they've got... FEMA has black plastic coffins outside of Dallas. I've seen them, ladies and gentlemen. I have the photographs, and there's... 200 billion of them. They know there's not even 200 billion people. So that's, we're talking clones now. Clones of people, life extension. We'll be right back. Buy gold. <laughs> you need to buy gold, ladies and gentlemen. 2012, solar impact. Gold will protect you. 
I like that little, we will be right back. Yeah, we'll be right back. That was good. So that's what he does. We'll be right back, folks. That's slick. He's got to run a show. He's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> Alex Jones rules. He's, I love he's awesome. Guy. He's awesome. But he's out of his mind. He's, uh, I think Alex Jones is dead on the money like 70% of the time. That's what scares the shit out of me. All the crazy stuff that he throws in there. I mean, maybe he's right. I don't know. Seems crazy to me. But the real stuff that he's dead on the money about, it's, it's, it's almost cheapened by all the other, the, the, the histronics, the, the craziness. He knew the, with the J- Japan thing, he knew about those explosions like days before they would announce them. They really? were not admitting shit. He would get shit like somehow. On Could the have inside. been a lucky call. <laughs> Could have been a lucky call. But, <laughs> Reactor Forge just blew up. He's like, damn, I'm, I got a one in six chance. <laughs> oh shit! Four hit! Four hit! Ding 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 ding! Yeah, that's funny. Alex, you did it. Well, he, he, he's he's a fucking news junkie, and he has access to shit that I, other people don't have access to. I wouldn't know why he's still to. alive. How come they haven't tried to kill him? Why he's would so they powerful. kill him, man? You don't you look. You don't have to kill him for what? He's not stopping anything. No one's stopping anything. And you know what? Things the things that get exposed, they're supposed to get exposed. Yeah. He's like the Perez Hilton of the fucking the, the the political world. That's what it is. It's like you know he's exposing shit that you know what you fucked up anyway. You shouldn't have been doing it this way anyway, stupid. You know you know this is wrong. And everybody in government. It's not like everybody's evil in government but there's a lot of fucking stupid poor choices that get made and the better they get exposed the better it is for everybody even the people that are governing the people they need to be checked too it's not like everybody in government is evil they have to be evil they don't necessarily have to be evil a lot of people go into government with good intentions but along the way they get stifled by corruption and bullshit so this is all good for everybody this is good for everybody when shit like this happens but the some of the stuff that he says is terrifying like one thing that got passed by everybody that you never hear discussed was during the World Trade Organization meetings in Seattle. You remember those? Uh, it must yeah. where the people were stopped from protesting. This is what happened. There was peaceful protest. It? it was a long time ago. I think it was like, I, I want to say 2001, but I'm just oh, pulling yeah, that yeah, number I out of my ass. Yes. I just pulled that out of my ass. I think it was actually before that. No, it was before that. Because it was before 9-11. It was quite a bit were before those, 9-11. The protesters were actually yeah. CIA guys? Yeah, well, the protesters were, were cops. They were, they were paid anarchists. They were people that were sent in to go in and, and cause chaos and break windows. And, sm- and they all wore ski masks. And they all wore military-issue boots. And they weren't. nobody knew them. They weren't involved in the, the rest of the protest. The protest was peaceful and inconvenient. Because all these foreign delegates and all these people were coming, you know, these, these representatives of foreign countries were coming to that one place. And to have all this protest around was embarrassing and it was disturbing and it was causing it was it was you know causing a lot of press like they were having to a- answer a lot of questions about it so they turned it into a violent display they turned it into a violent they protest being the, the, they being the government yeah. they came in with guys that were in military outfits and they would wear ski masks on and they broke windows and they smashed and Alex Jones documents every single aspect of it including these guys going into a safe house and being allowed to uh, to negotiate eventually all being released. I mean, he documents all this, and, you know, he does it with news reports, and he does it with with video footage, and it's pretty fucking crazy, because what they did is they shut down a protest. They sent some fucking goons in, and they shut down a protest. And this isn't Nazi Germany. This isn't the Roman Empire. This is the United States of America. That's crazy. It's fucking nuts, and it's 100%. It's not like this is a conspiracy theory. They stopped people from walking through with things that said WTO with a red line on it. How fucking un-American is that? Anything's possible after that. You're saying that you can't go in with a pin that says World Trade Organization, that you're opposed to it? You can't have an opinion? That's not even offensive. It's not, there's no swears, no curses. It's not something that would hurt children. You know, you just have a, a WTO with a red line through it, and you're telling me I can't go to work. 
They, could, they wouldn't let people into buildings. They had cops there with guns. They were telling people, you have to take that shirt off. You have to take that pin off. And they have videos of this. In fucking America, they, they created a, a no-protest zone. So just for the stuff like that that Alex exposes, you know, whether or not he's right about a missile hitting the Pentagon or any of that other stuff, shit, I don't know, man. There's not enough time in the world to be dwelling on all this shit. <laughs> he, but he's he, right about enough. He's wrong about a couple things, but if yeah. you're going to judge a guy based on, like, oh, he was wrong about this, so he can't know anything else, you know, then none of us would have any opinions that mattered. He has fucked up a little bit here and there, but, man, I believe the shit he tells me, I believe I'm confident with in the 90 percentile. I'm confident. Yeah, well, he's a he's fun doing, guy, too. I enjoy his company. He's a great guy. Like, I hanging, love hanging out with that guy. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty surreal hanging out yeah. with Alex Jones, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, he's cool, man. We took him to Vegas. We took him to UFC. He We're all up. hanging out, having a good time. You guys, I'm, I'm really happy you brought me out here. I mean, I need to relax. You know, fight a new world order, man. It's fucking crazy. You know, you, every now and then you get a little crazy. He's got to sit back with a cigarette. All, I love it. I love it because all he... He loves talking about all the... It's like, he could go two ways. He could be a guy like, please don't talk about conspiracies like anymore. Right, I'm Let's tired. talk about normal shit. Living. But no, not Alex Jones. He'll go... Donald Rumsfeld was the one who... He's the one who got that pass through to Diet Coke. That's how it got in. Yeah. Okay. I feel bad for him, that though. Stuff? I feel like he needs to calm coke? down. He does, he but he does turn off. But, but he does, that's but he him, does. though. He that's does, him. that's him. Yeah, let, that, let him you be know, him. You know, let yeah, you be you, that. let him be him. Yeah. You could, imagine if they made the Brian Red Band conspiracy show. You'd be like, hey, guys, I mean, who knows? I don't know, you know. Why are we fucking freaking out about this? All right, we'll be right back after these words for the fleshlights. <laughs> that will be the Brian Red Band conspiracy radio show. You'd be that's like, funny. I think we're all getting a little carried away here, okay? We don't know shit. I don't know what's happening in can, but guess what? That's way the fuck over there. Forget it. God. Everybody relax. That's you. <laughs> FEMA has 300,000 helicopters with beds in them ready to go. They can stay in the air for up to three days. Okay? Solar-charged helicopters in case of an asteroidal impact. It's recommended that they... <laughs> he'll, fucking, he'll just fill your brain up every day with more information about doom and the awesome. apocalypse. And I love it. I love it. I have so many questions. He has answers to all my questions. The craziest thing is he's always selling gold. I think that motherfucker just needs to step up and start selling gasoline and bullets. Stop fucking around with this gold. Because you know if some shit goes down, gold's going to be useless. All right? Unless the Anunnaki land again and we got to give them gold to, to let them take us aboard the UFO. Unless that happens, gold's going to be useless. I, I think gold is... Like, it's, it's universal no matter what. In Mad yeah. Max times, gold is still going to be... Really? First, yeah, I think it is. No matter what, that's the one thing we all agree on in this planet. We don't agree on shit. Every country, even the same religion. It like, all depends on whether or not, by the time yeah, the true. apocalypse hits, we've created artificial people. If we created, like, like whores, artificial whores... You know, soulless, mindless robot whores that you could just fuck the shit out of. <laughs> That's and the they end love of you and like they're that. so happy and they just shut off and wait for you to come back. Yeah. And when you come back, they talk to you perfectly. They're it's like it's just like Blade Runner, except they don't have a soul. Why would they shut off? They should be cleaning your wait. house. Technology clean your right house. No, no, no. You got one of those too, bro. You got a, you got one. Know. You got this Dude. crazy looking Tongan woman <laughs> with face tattoos. She <laughs> cleans your house. Technology She's a clean your house slash bodyguard. But can, I wish you could. Can you fuck that that no, house no, robot? No, 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 no. No, you better off getting a dude house robot with no, no dick. A eunuch. A no. eunuch. He's built like he's built like like the Incredible Hulk. No. Except downstairs, I, it's like Ken. I'm never gonna have <laughs> a guy. And his face robot. is all fucked up. <laughs> he has one eye, yeah. like one big. 
big cyclops. He's like there's no shit. way. There's no way girls. No, he's got three him. eyes. He's got three eyes because he you needs to be able to see everywhere so he can protect you. Can you imagine when in the first engineer to be your protector? Yeah, you know why not? That's when technology ends because all the guys building this shit, they're gonna have harems, dude. Just think about like, it. The nerds of the world, they're gonna have like ten chicks around them at all time. They're gonna be going on date after date after date from monkeys. Date. For monkeys, who, what monkey would ever think about having a pet dog? They'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You can't trust a dog. They're going to kill you, man. You can't have a fucking pet dog. How are you going to be able to control a dog? Well, when humans evolve to a certain point, we'll be able to have, like, pet things that we've created, like pet monsters, like pet giant. Like, your, your house will be guarded by, like, superheroes. Like, Juggernaut will guard your house. <laughs> like, you'll have your own genetically engineered man. It's way better than a robot. Your, fuck yeah. It's he a, never sleeps. A robot he can with jump over buildings. Yeah. <laughs> He fucking yeah. leaps over buildings and lands on shit. Try to break into my house, bitch. Yeah. I got superheroes guarding this. You crackhead. <laughs> crackhead with a screwdriver. You're going to get past the superhero? Yeah. Yeah. Where, what the, what? I, I am so fascinated by what the fuck ever is going to happen when, when things keep going. You know, I, I watch all those Ray Kurzweil um, uh, lectures and, uh, you know, I've uh, read some of his papers and some of his articles about the singularity and the idea of artificial intelligence. And it's all going to happen. We're not going to stop. I mean, we, we've created so much between now and just a couple hundred years ago. The difference between our life now and like I was watching The Unforgiven the other day on a plane. Still badass, bro. Still badass from like 1990, whatever the fuck it was. That movie is awesome. Clint Eastwood is the shit, especially in that movie. That's the best Western movie ever. But I looked at the way these fucking people were living and I'm like, my God, that's less than 200 years ago. Less than 200 years ago. And they're riding horses and getting rained on and shit. And they're going to these places and the houses are made of wood and they're leaking like crazy because of the rain. They didn't even know how to make roofs right back then. That's just... That's just too. That, you know, that's probably ago. also just like dramatic scenes in a movie. Don't you think back then, if you had a leaky roof, like you'd be on that thing? Not like, the sheriff. <laughs> you know, Gene Hackman, <laughs> and not Gene Hackman, the sheriff. He didn't know what the fuck. There's he was nothing doing. else to do. It's like there's no fucking roof. internet to fucking bother. He's like, oh, I have a leaky roof. Movie I geeks right now would be like, that was part of the character development of Gene Hackman. He was supposed to be incompetent, but yet cocky, and that was the whole reason why it was so satisfying that Clint Eastwood killed him in the end. Okay, dude. <laughs> I know. I know. We're just having fun here, you fucks. You would. Wouldn't you think that like McDonnell Douglas or like one of those companies, like Hughes Aircraft or someone, would be like involved in cr the number one product on the planet would be like a real person that you could fuck, that you could control, yeah, yeah. that you could control. That would be yeah. the ultimate. A robot that looked the yeah. best robot would look exactly human. Could you imagine if you had just a, you know you had a, a, a robot woman in your house? And you come home and your wife like lit it on fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> or she was fucking it. Oh, yeah. She's having to eat her asshole. <laughs> so you, you come home and go, what is fucking robot's breath stinks? <laughs> your wife's just We got to change fart. It smells like circuit Shitting in that thing's mouth while you're at work. You come home, she's coughing and your robot's coughing and choking and she's got shit caked in her mouth. Like, what the fuck have you been doing? I shit in her mouth. Can you imagine the first you gay robot You want to keep that fucking sucks. robot whore in my house? I'm going to shit in her mouth every day. You wouldn't even feel bad because it's not a real person. You know, if you were shitting in, like, your slave's mouth, you'd be like, well, that's kind of rude. But, <laughs> dudes, you know. dudes would get transvestite robots. Oh, shit. You know what I read the other day? That's um, I need to verify this, of course, because every time I don't verify something that I read, people go, incorrect, disinformation. I get so many angry tweets. Relax, everybody. Relax. But this is what I read, that more people are in the, the sex slaves today than were slaves back when slavery was legal. How crazy is that? 
That's like one so of those numbers. That's more people are sex slaves. We should we could should, should That's one of those numbers right? too. Is like how the fuck do they know? Yeah, right. You know, yeah, I mean, sex slaves live in basements and they can only come out when they they're hungry for cock. You know, it's like who counts that guy? Are they just guesstimating that every block? Well, there's I one think sex they do it the same way they, they figure <laughs> out. I think they do it the same way they do about um, Mexicans. All right, just take a wild guess. Yeah, <laughs> they don't know. They go. You know, they, they don't. They don't have any idea. They have no idea how many Mexicans there are. They're just sneaking <laughs> in here left and right. My gardener. Oh, I shouldn't say this. I can't. I can't rat him out. No. I got a cool ass gardener, and he knows a bunch of illegals. He's legal himself, but he knows a bunch of illegals. He's got some great stories about dudes going back and forth. And it took him a few tries, but he came back. <laughs> They don't know. They don't know, man. This dude's going back and forth. There's fucking three guys in Arizona with white pickup trucks trying to guard a million miles of fence. Good luck, boys. You're on your own. Good luck. You know how many fucking Mexicans get through there? It's crazy. A lot of them do. My grandfather came to this country uh, illegally. He snuck over the border. How about Cain Velasquez's dad's story? He walked all the way to, like, Sacramento twice. That's craziness. Yeah, he was picking grapes. I think it was it was actually uh, Oxnard or something like that. That's a long motherfucking walk. That could take his, his like hips a are year. all fucked up. Yeah, he's, his right. hips apparently all fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I think maybe he took rides everywhere. They watched. They, they had some one show where they watched his family sneak across the border. They followed him um, from sneaking across the border to trying to uh, get someone to take them uh, in in Phoenix. They were trying to get someone to uh, let them uh, sleep in their garage like for the night because they had just snuck in. And you know, people were like, man, you can't be here. You can't be here. Like, and they were talking Spanish to him. It was really crazy. It was like these. Mexicans that had, had snuck through did not want these guys that hadn't uh, to be staying in the garage. They just wanted a place to sleep for the night before they uh, they made it to town. They were like they were literally like going into knocking on people's doors. Can you help us? They didn't have anything. They had no food. They had no money. Like wow, you you talk about taking chances. You know, it was really moving, man. Like this couple, this man, this woman, they're holding hands and they're they're trying to get across to America and try to get jobs and they're you know talking to them in Spanish about you know what they're looking forward to when they go into America and you know they're trying to make some money and they're gonna send money back home. It's like whoa, this is like why can't they just come over? What the fuck is that? You know, why can't they just come over here? You know, can't we just like have like a screening process to see who's nice? And if they're nice, let them over here. Yeah. Is that ridiculous? Perfect road would have be no borders. Every place was the exact same. It just seems, I mean, people will get crazy. Like, listen, bro, that's chaos. There's a reason why there's borders. There's a reason why there's border patrol. They're there to protect you. You can't have no rules. You fucking hippies. The old fucking. Yeah. But if everybody was nice, wouldn't it be possible to have no borders, right? Yeah. What the fuck is keeping it? You know, that's that's the real issue at hand. It's not more borders. It's like, how do you make everybody nice? How do you how do you smooth it all out? That's the real issue. It's not borders. There's got to be a map that you can get before you make the, the the trip, like a map of all the Home Depots and all the strawberry fields. There's got to be. Go to. Be. Did you change? Move move forward to, so you're you're actually talking into the microphone. That's why he had to turn it up. There's got to be a map of what? Pump up the volume. That would be valuable. A map with all the Home Depots and all the strawberry fields in Southern California. Yeah, right. right? Like There's one of those maps map. of the stars. Like, cause you that you're gonna get a job for sure. You show up to a strawberry field, they're gonna give you like twenty bucks or something. You're for sure gonna get work there. That's the bottom of the barrel. How right? crazy are those maps of the stars? Those are so disgusting, man. When you 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 see some dude sitting there with a, 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 a like a pile of names. Hey, this is where this guy lives. Go fuck with him. This is where that guy lives. Go stare at him while he's sleeping. Have you ever done one of those? No, no. That's it's, so it's crazy. creepy. Yeah. So creepy. It's like, what are these guys thinking that they're like, you know, handing out 
like free stalker guides. Like this is the easy way to find where someone and lives. How easy is it to just make shit up? Yeah, yeah. fucking uh, Neil Diamond lives in that fucking house, <laughs> and uh, fucking uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah, he lives up yeah. there with Angelina. They're fucking crazy. Oh, they're fucking right now. They're crazy. They yeah, steal yeah. each they'll other's come blood. Out, you come out. They'll come yeah. out. Just wait for them. They love their fans. <laughs> <laughs> like, how would you know? It's like. Yeah, how would you know? Yeah, it's they like, love their it's fans. It's like there are certain uh, there are certain types of people that would you know they're catering to the same people that would buy that fake weed that you see in like High Times. <laughs> you you know that I mean? was always the most disappointing shit ever about High Times. They would always you know be down for legalization. It's down. Meanwhile, you're selling fake weed. You're ripping people off, man. Th- those are the sponsors. Yeah, but so what? You your sponsor is a crook. You don't have a problem with your sponsor only preying on retards. I mean, that's what the sponsor did. You, if you bought that stuff, you had to be like a 10-year-old boy or a retarded person. Yeah. There has to be something wrong with yeah. you. But right? dude said that that's how High Times survives is with their money because it's like every other page. There's like I refuse to admit or refuse to believe <laughs> that in a nation of 300 million and who knows how many pot smokers, is there 30 million of us? Let's say 30 million pot smokers in this country. I refuse to believe that you couldn't produce a quality magazine that was interesting and that had to do with people who smoke pot, who engage in different activities and show how much marijuana enhances their life instead of the same old stupid shit that they have in those magazines every week. Every week there's a girl in a bikini and she's got a bud in her hand. Whoa, look at the bud. It's crazy. And look at the fucking, look at the, the picture in the middle. Amazing. Look at the picture of the bud. You're not saying anything different. It's all the same goddamn shit. Well, and the magazine the, industry so dead now. But that's that... the reason why they have to sell this fucking fake weed shit. Yeah. That fake weed shit is insulting. You, that is like, you know, you're you're allowing someone to steal from your fans. You're allowing someone. That's like that's like if I had this thing, and if the flashlight, you know, wasn't our sponsor, and I, I decided to get some other like big dick pills. You know, a big dick. What a hypocrite. What a creepy person I would be if I was allowing these people to get ripped off by something. You know, I was allowing, I was promoting something. That's what they're doing, man. They've got pages of this shit. These fake fucking buds. Have you ever tried like that bud, though? No, I haven't tried it. I've I'm heard not, it actually works. Get the fuck out of here. That shit doesn't work. I actually it would heard be like it works. Putting, no, the stuff, that K2 stuff that they made illegal, that stuff works. Oh. But that shit they've been selling in high times, you know, that's the shit they smoke in movies, man. Really? That's the shit that Mitch Hedberg smoked with Peter Frampton. Remember that joke? Mm-mm. You remember that joke Mitch Hedberg did? He goes, uh, how does Mitch Hedberg do it? He goes, um, I once smoked fake pot in a movie with Peter Frampton. He goes, that's way better than smoking a real pot with uh, a dude who looks like Peter Frampton. <laughs> I've done that way more times. <laughs> that's hilarious. Fucking <laughs> Mitch. Love he him. was awesome, man. He was amazing. That's a guy that, man, when he died, I went, Shit. Like that, that really was like, God damn it, we lost a good one. Do you know what's so fucking weird about you saying that whole entire story? Because the person that told me last that that shit worked and she was his ex. Uh, oh, Lynn? Lynn. Well, maybe she was talking about that K2 stuff. That stuff's legit. But how weird that's is that? That's what she was talking that's about. That's how weird is that? Is this <laughs> recently? Uh, yeah, it was like a month ago. Guarantee you ago. she's talking about the, the synthetic marijuana, which does work. That stuff, they're making it illegal everywhere because it does work. They've just modified it somehow or another so that it's not technically the same thing as marijuana. It just yeah. becomes 
you know, they can do that. That's what they also did with those bath salts things. Remember, we thought it was bath salts, but it really was is they were selling it as right. bath so they could sell it. Right. In the, but it really was just amphetamines, right. you know. They can, they can change the chemical components of something and make it something that's not classified. Like, you know, like, oh, well, here's this new thing. Well, what is this? This isn't even illegal. And so that's why they have, they have also, like, some, some laws in certain places where – Things become illegal if they're related or, you know, to, to other things being legal. So that's why 5-MeO-DMT was never classified as a Schedule One, but it's the most potent form of DMT. And you used to be able to buy it online, man. You used to be able to go to American Chemical Company, all these different places, and just buy DMT online. But then uh, because it's uh, like related to NN-DMT, which is illegal, they made it illegal and they stopped people from selling it online. And they made them very aware that there were consequences, even though it's not technically an illegal substance. So, so what would happen if you got arrested then for it? I don't know. It's tricky. You'd be able to fight it probably. See, the, the, the real thing with uh, all these uh, schedules, Schedule 1 substances is the last thing they want is scrutiny. They want anybody looking at them. They don't want to make a new one illegal because then people start looking at what, what makes it illegal and what is legal and then the argument comes up well how can that be illegal when this is legal and that's illegal and this is sold at every pharmaceutical company all across the country it's been shown to be incredibly addictive and this destroys your liver but doctors prescribe it like candy you know it would open up the doors of scrutiny so what they would rather do is threaten people close all these companies down that are selling all this shit and not change any of the laws just go hey shut the fuck up sit the fuck down this is the government here. And that's what they do. Because they don't want everybody looking at it. Because if you look at it, it, it at a certain point in time when you're a grown man, I am a 43-year-old grown man, okay? And if another grown man my age or, God forbid, even younger is telling me what I can and can't do with my body that doesn't hurt anybody, and they don't even have research to back it up, it's not like I saw that movie Limitless the other day. Pretty fucking interesting movie. Is that the one where he opens up his mind? Yes, he uses a, it's a Bradley Cooper yeah. movie. Pretty, yeah. good. pretty were, interesting. The, I didn't enjoy the end. Right. Spoiler alert. Is Plug that your ears. Effects. The, the end. idea pretty sweet I though. Saw, yes. The majority. That was pretty. The end was whack. Well, the end. Sucking. The end was like, oh, he's awesome all the time now. Sorry. The end. I win. You lose. That was so stupid. What about Sucker Punch? Either? But hold on. But hold on a second. But um, the, the the thing about that is that there were massive consequences. Like he like he would like lose time. Like it it became got people were dying from it. It wasn't just as simple as you take this thing, it accelerates you, and then you just live like an awesome person for the rest of your life. There's there's consequences. Now, if you can't prove consequences, then you have zero argument and that's the real argument the real problem with psychedelic drugs being illegal you have all these people saying that they've helped them all these people that are going taking that ibogaine like ed clay our friend ed clay who changed his life changed who he is you know and became this really fucking warm open person after going on this these ibogaine re retreats and that's illegal why is it illegal there's no there's no sh there's no studies showing it harms you there's only studies showing that people have benefited from it and so many people talk about it Glowingly, and yet you have other grown adults telling you what you can and can't experience. Then they're the same age as you. That's ridiculous. That's nonsense. There's, there's a, a lack of reality and a lack of, of openness when it comes to discussing these things. These things are never discussed in, you know, in, in politics. These are huge issues. The issues of being able to control your consciousness is a giant issue. And the fact that that's not discussed ever during presidential campaigns shows how infantile we are. At the very least, it occasionally it gets breached. Mr. Obama, did you ever smoke marijuana? And if so, did you inhale? 
Yes, I did. I thought that was the point. Ho, 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 ho. That's it. That's the, the in-depth version of the discussion on marijuana. Obama admits to smoking marijuana and inhaling, says that was the point. Amazing. Oh. And everybody, it's like we're little children. It's like as a nation, in, in, in our entirety, we have the attitude about drugs, about marijuana, about psychedelics that an 11-year-old has. That's how we treat it. Like, oh, what are you doing with that? What are you doing with that? Bad boy. Yeah, it's, we're, little, we're little fucking children. It's one of the biggest issues, I think, as far as consciousness goes, that is in the world. One of the number one issues. The ability to control your consciousness, the ability to seek personal evolution through psychedelic experience. These, these are huge issues. These are issues that radically transformed you, radically transformed me. Radically transformed you. You, you. We've all been transformed there's, by psychedelic there's experiences. There's a guy named Kelly Mullis who won a Nobel Nobel Peace Prize, or a, a, I guess it is a Nobel Peace Prize for um, work in DNA uh, discovery. No science. Nobel science. Yeah, he was the guy who founded on uh, LSD, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. He did it while he was fucked up on. LSD. Well, yeah. I don't remember what the, uh, the the finding was, but that guy actually is a bad example. Something because about he, DNA. He turned crazy yeah. when he got older. Really? Yeah. Became like real belligerent, getting crazy arguments with people, and became a nutcase. Really? Yeah, there's a, yeah. There's a lot of weird stuff about him. <laughs> and, uh, another interesting one <laughs> is Francis Crick. Francis Crick apparently, and this is all hearsay, because uh, you know the article says very explicitly that Francis Crick told this man that if he printed a word of this, he would sue. And they, he printed it, obviously, after Crick died. But Crick, the guy who, um, he said that he came up with the idea of the uh, double helix for DNA while he was on acid. But again, this is a guy who says that Crick said that. The problem is, with anything like that, is that people are full of shit. Why would they lie? I don't know, but they could have. And they do a lot. You know, people fucking lie like crazy, man. We were talking about that uh, game show in my head episode that I did. I told you about this shit. When we had people uh, talk about UFOs on video, we had a, um, a pretend news camera. Did I tell you about this? This stunt? This is what we did. The game show in my head was a fun-ass show. And what, what was interesting about it was there was a contestant, and I had a, a, a microphone, and I would talk in their ear with a little earpiece. And I would tell them, here's your stunt. This is what you got to do. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know where they were. We had them in a van, and then we would open the door and say, walk to that mark on the floor, and then Joe would be talking to you in your ear. So they would walk to that mark. i go, all right, dude, you ready to do this? He goes, yeah, here's what we got. You are a news reporter, okay? There was just a UFO sighting right here in Hollywood. It was huge. A giant flying saucer was here, and it took off. Now, you lost your witness. The witness was going to go on camera, and he was going to tell everybody about this UFO experience, and now you're going to look really stupid because you've got the camera here, and there's no witness. So you're going to try to ask one of these people to pretend it was them. And you, that was their stunt. And every person they got to do it, you know, if they, I think if they got three people to do it, they won 5,000 bucks. That's awesome. That's Dude, people stunt. did it instantly. They did it instantly. <laughs> they started, he goes, hey, um, I wonder if you could do me a favor. There was a UFO here earlier, apparently. Some people saw it and there was witnesses, but I guess they chickened out with the cameras here. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I mean, do you think you could pretend that it was you? Yeah, man. Yeah, but you could be on a TV right now. Yeah, 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 okay. And you, people would just start talking. What happened? Oh, man, there was a black, bright light and then, and then, and then, and then the UFO came and <laughs> they just started talking. It was incredible. We were all sitting in the truck while it was happening. We were shaking our heads going, wow. How full of shit are people? People would just start talking about shit. So that was my point. I mean, it's like, That's I don't know start. if Francis Crick's story about DNA was true. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. You, but, were, you were talking earlier about Ed Clay yeah. and the way Even it changed again, yeah. his life. Um, Ed Clay was a very successful entrepreneur uh, who got 
Very smart guy, great guy who got very driven. A, you know, he did jujitsu. He had a, he has an MMA academy. He was always hurt. So like a lot of MMA athletes, he got addicted to pills. He got it was really bad. It really was was uh, uh, fucking up his life in a big way. He heard about ibogaine, and ibogaine is like the African version of DMT in a nutshell. It and what <clears throat> ibogaine does, ayahuasca apparently. Um, uh, cures alcoholism, and ibogaine cures um, in in high in a high percentage rate. Uh, ibogaine cures addiction to certain pills, and Ed Clay heard about it. He went to it's illegal in the United States. He went to Mexico. There's this ibogaine retreat in Mexico in the city that they're all trippers and they've all done ibogaine. They've done ayahuasca, all of them, and it's just like a city where there's music. Oh, he said there was music 24 hours. You land in Mexico City, you drive four hours, you're in this village and everyone's playing music. There's artists everywhere. There's music constantly. It goes 24-7. You hear people like singing and dancing and there's music. And and uh, he, he went to this place. He did the Ibogaine treatment, which takes, takes you on a trip. It's like ayahuasca that lasts like two days or something like that. It lasts for a long time. And it's... Um, it's, you know, you get to see yourself and you get to see the world for what it is. And what it does is somehow it does something to your brain receptors or something. It's a realization of who you really are. And it resets your receptors in some weird way. I don't know the details, but it changed his life. He came back to the States. So it set his receptors as far as addictions. Yes, yes. So and it's not just a psychological healing. It's actually a physical healing? Yes, actually... exactly. Wow. Yeah. That's so incredible. He changes. I mean, he it changes. How many people does that work on? Do you know? He's dedicated. It's a high percent. It's like 80%. He dedicated his life to Ibogaine and uh, all the money that he's had from other businesses. He sold one of his businesses, a big MMA company. He sold it. Um, and he's dedicating his whole life to um, saving as many people from addiction to pills as possible. Yeah. Like it's amazing that we have this issue in this country where that thing, which is so helpful is illegal and these things that are so damaging and so scary yeah. are legal and they lied about how addictive they are when they got them through when they made fucking oxycontins legal there's a, there's a bunch of documents that show that they weren't being honest about the possibility of addiction that yeah. stuff's heroin man yeah. that stuff gets so many my friend i don't want to say his name because i don't want to be the public about it but someone someone i know very recently died of it he had a, a, a pill problem Whoa. you know and it's it's scary shit, man. You know, I, I've I've known people that uh, immediately became uh, pill zombies. I, I've known I've known I've known two people very well that became pill zombies while I knew them. You know, some scary shit, man. Scary that if the government gotta, doesn't stop that. If you're out there and you have a pill problem, or you know somebody that has a pill problem, look into Ibogaine. Yeah. I B O G A I N E. I think Ibogaine. Ed Clay. If you look him up. Um, he's he'll he's doing everything he can to to help as many people as possible. I mean, you know what's really funny that ibogaine was the drug that got Hunter S. Thompson in uh, in trouble when he was a, a journalist when he was covering uh, the um, Hunter S. Thompson was such a fucking genius writer and such an interesting guy. And what he did was he was covering the elections, like nineteen seventy something, whatever the fuck it was, and he just decided to start making shit up. 
So he started making shit up about these c- candidates. And one of the things that he said was that Ed, Ed Muskie brought in a Brazilian doctor and, because he's addicted to Ibogaine. And he shows like all the, uh, the symptoms of Ibogaine addiction. And he put this shit, in, this is printed in the Rolling Stone. So everybody thought this was real. Everybody thought that he re- So they started asking him about it. And the guy slowly started breaking down. The guy started going crazy publicly. Like the pressure got to him. And he would give these public speeches and everybody would be accusing him of being on some crazy drug. And so Hunter S. Thompson like literally drove this guy insane by writing that he was on drugs. Huh. The guy, there's a video of the guy like in the movie Gonzo. You see the there's video of the guy like breaking down at a campaign speech, just loses his mind. It was Ibogaine. That's what uh, Thompson had said that he was addicted to. And then another guy was addicted to. So he made up a, a name of speed called Wallet, some exotic brand of speed. <laughs> Imagine that you're fucking running for president back in the '70s, and that shit happens. You know, you get this crazy asshole just making shit up about you, and there was no internet, there was no nothing. You couldn't, you couldn't go on TV and talk about it, and it was really funny, man. It was fucking interesting shit. He goes, "Well, I didn't lie." He goes, uh, "There was, uh, there was a rumor going around Milwaukee that uh, he was addicted to ibogaine, and I, I was the one who started the rumor." <laughs> <laughs> He's like, all I said was there was a rumor. He goes, I was actually pretty factual in my, how I described it. It's very funny, man. Did you see uh, Sucker Punch at all? Not yet. I heard yeah. it's awesome, though. No. It yeah. looks pretty badass. It's so bad. Like, you know what's Did you great? See it? Did you see it? No, I haven't seen it, but I only saw, I guess, the, the, the teaser preview yeah. in the past. I just saw like the real preview. Holy shit. I never saw the whole preview. Dude, if you go amazing. to see that movie and you're not stoned, you should go to jail. Why is that movie not in 3D, though? It's that's not? that's why I'm pissed. It's not. I don't think it's in 3D. Really? Yeah, it's in IMAX, but it's not in IMAX 3D. You know what, man? I gotta be honest. Um, the movie has to be super special for me to be into it in 3D. I'm annoyed wearing those stupid glasses. Those uh, things they bug don't bother me. me. Really? Yeah. No, I no. like the visuals. I like the glasses. I don't. Care. I, the glasses bug the shit out of me. I don't know, but you know, I get. I shouldn't say that because it doesn't bug me in every movie. Because in Avatar, it was so spectacular that it didn't bug me. Yeah. I saw Battle L.A. and that was the biggest. Piece How of was shit that movie? Oh, oh yeah, piece my of shit. god! <laughs> it looked like it looked. It looked like to me, it was you know from the, the the point of view of a bunch of Marines fighting, getting called to fight these aliens right. that landed on in L.A. and they're fighting them through L.A. <laughs> it looks like a video game, like infomercial kind. Of. <laughs> it looked like a trick. It's like. The plot was so like Gears bad. of War four. It was so bad. The but way Gears they, of War would have a way better plot. Oh man, the way they got the the, the way they they won and they beat the aliens. Oh, <gasps> uh, don't even tell me. I don't uh, even want to know. So it's not even it worse. So bad. It's just what we were talking about earlier with the MMA movie. This Fast and Furious, the same thing. Yeah. There's a bunch of people making dumbass movies. But here's the reason why, man. This is what you don't realize, or I don't realize sometimes either. I like to go on MMA.tv or MixedMartialArts.com. I like to go on there because it's it's a fun place to talk about jujitsu and fighting and you know and talk about MMA and UFC shit but it's also fun to see how fucking dumb some of those people are one guy put a, a big post about movies they were putting about movies like when the Expendables came out they were they were going off dudes were going off talking about how great the Expendables again? was MixedMartialArts.com oh okay okay they were going off about how great the Expendables were I thought this has to be ironic like this has to be irony like they couldn't have actually enjoyed this it was one look I like a good fucking blow em up movie more than anybody but that was one of the worst movies of all time and it was unbelievably bad and as I'm watching i'm like going holy fuck is this bad but then i go online and you read people talking about it and they're like it's a fucking amazing movie i'm going to see it again this weekend with my cousin and i'm like are they 15 or yes, uh, yes is that are. what it is yes it's, you got to remember about age groups like yeah. i keep on forgetting about this but half these people on twitter that or that have the bad language skills and yeah. stuff like that they're probably 12 yeah because if i was 12 i'd be talking shit non-stop all day long yeah very likely but anyway um what was my point um 
about the guy on the message board. Uh, Battle L.A.? Oh, Battle, uh, exactly. And they were talking just about Battle L.A. the other day, about how fucking awesome it was. Five stars, oh, amazing movie. Oh. And then it would like, four or five dudes would say that. And I'd be like, I'd be like squeezing my head together and go, really? really? And then one guy would come on and go, you guys are all retarded. That movie sucked a million cocks. You listen and then to him. Yeah, yeah, and I'll go, that's, that it guy's was, that's the right guy. But that's also probably the guy that talks about shit about your music and about my comedy. You know, the guys who are negative, man, they're, they're not always right. They're negative yeah. all the time. But yeah. when it comes to movies, man, uh, it's very difficult to find like a good group that you agree with. They were the know? dumbest aliens ever. Once they got on the ground and they got like these, these tall ass robot aliens like Terminator, they were like dumb. Oh, like you yeah. got, you went across the <laughs> fucking galaxy and these guys are hiding behind a bus. 20 yards away from you and there's a scene that lasts five minutes and they're behind the bus and all around them these aliens are fucking everybody up with these soldiers I'm like this little girl and the fucking cat and they're like I'm like how long is this scene the aliens are still trying to walk they were totally retarded you know what looks really bad is that new Arthur remake oh. have you seen that preview of that it's just like the exact one why would you remake that and two it's just like they're just adding like oh an Xbox Live instead of dude he's funny yeah. though I like him man uh, I like him I like that did you like get him to the Greek I did like that movie. Dude, he's good. I did like that movie. He's it's a fun. movie called but The Man from the Earth. Character. This is one of the dumbest movies that people have been recommending to me lately. Uh, there's a movie called The Man from Earth about a guy who was a fucking caveman who survived until today, and he was Jesus. And it's like a play. Like, they're over this guy's house. He's leaving. He has to leave because he doesn't age, and he doesn't want them all to get suspicious. So every 10 years, he has to up and leave. It is so bad. It's so stupid, and the acting is so dumb, but yet all these fucking people are like, dude, you gotta watch this. It's amazing. So fascinating. So intriguing. You know? And yeah. like, I'm like, how could you be intrigued by this dumbass movie about a caveman who was Jesus who's still alive today? Really? Yeah. Really? Oh, that's why he came back from the dead, because he's like super, he can't die. He's like yeah. supernatural. Battle X had me for like 35 minutes. The beginning, the beginning of Battle LA was good. I was like, fuck, man, this, okay, they're doing a good job. 20 minutes into it, I'm like, okay, well, they haven't shown the aliens yet. The Once they started fighting with the aliens, they couldn't figure that one out, like to make it realistic. You really think there'd be a battle? There's like these, these marines that survive, and they're finally pulling them out of the city, LA, because they're going to nuke it? They're going to nuke it. We, we got out in time. They're going to nuke it. They go, drop us man? off. One dude drops off. He goes, I'm going back. Oh, you're no. going back. And then another, another, then Michelle Rodriguez comes down. She goes, I'm going to go with you. She wants some dick. They're, drop, they're dropping the them off they back want some into L.A. Dick. And they win four of them. Four of I them. I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I don't want to hear about this. You know what sucks, though, is that Battle L.A. on Rotten Tomatoes got like a 34%. Rotten Tomatoes is pretty accurate. Sucker Punch. Mm -hmm. 21%. Oh, okay. Fuck you. I'm not going then. I'll trust them. That's the beautiful thing about the internet, man. Back then, they used to li have to listen to Roger Ebert. Roger Ebert didn't like Gladiator. He didn't like the Unforget. So, like a bunch of movies that he didn't like that were fucking awesome. Gladiator. How the fuck do you not like Gladiator? Yeah, I would like to see his top 10 yeah. dislikes that, you know, that ended up getting Oscars or something. Yeah. He got in a little hissy fit with uh, fucking Charlie Sheen online on Twitter. It was interesting. Recently? Yeah. yeah, we were talking about it in one of the uh, post-fight video blogs or the post-podcast video blogs. It, it was like, he wrote something about Charlie Sheen. I could do what he's doing, but then my wife would leave me 
and then uh, Charlie, you know, and then I would be lonely and depressed just like him. And he, and he, and Charlie writes back to Roger to you ever had five girls at the same time, you know, like you know, oh. something along those the lines that ain't lonely, stupid, <laughs> like, you know. And I'm like, I can't believe Roger Ebert is going after Charlie Sheen. Like Roger Ebert's like almost dead. Right. He lost his jaw to cancer. He can't talk. He can't eat. He has to eat through a tube. And yet he's shitting on Charlie Sheen for getting hookers and 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 whores. Really? Valley of the Dolls. What is that? He's is that, that's a movie that Rod, that movie he wrote, and it's all about dolls or like who, porn chicks, isn't it? Hot is chicks. it who wrote it? Roger Ebert. Maybe he lives this whole different life we don't know, and he's just some crazy old per. Yeah, he said he said it sucked. I, I saw that the due date movie. Though. Have you seen that yet? I that's all right. TV. That's I like to see Brody Stevens yeah. at the beginning of it. Yeah, it, yeah. I'll, I'll watch Zach Galifianakis in anything. Galifianakis. I'll watch that guy in anything. He's, I know, he's me too. talented. He, he's he's what, so talented. They don't even make him shave the beard. Yeah. Every movie. Eh. No, that's his look, man. I know they won't. They I mean, don't it ask helps. him. It helps though. Why because he's so it? good. It he's so good. If he was a regular dude, they'd go, "We're gonna need you to shave it for this character." Yeah. Well, he it makes him look like he's that strange guy. I mean, that helps. Did you hear about Brody? Stevens also HBO's uh, picked him up for a new TV show. What is it? Uh, Zach Galifianakis is going to pretty much make a show about Brody, like a, a documentary type thing. Oh, that's Mocking brilliant! Him. That's amazing. Yeah, that's brilliant. Fucking Brody Stevens blowing the fuck up. Good for him. Well, yeah. Brody has always just needed someone to sort of like direct people to what he does. You know, yeah. he's amazing. You know, he's a, he's one of the funniest guys I know. He's so interesting, man. Yes. You know, he's such a fucking unusual dude. He could talk about anything. Okay, and for whatever reason, he's fascinating. You know, Will Ferrell just got the role of The Office too. I don't know if is that? Like, I think that's only for like three episodes. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh. That guy's too fucking busy, bro. I was gonna say that. That's awesome if he's doing that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, stupid. What? What? Why'd you even bring that up? Will Ferrell, The Office. Because that's, that's pretty crazy. That. Uh, um, that's big. That's huge. Is it? Will Ferrell. I don't watch those sitcoms. Mom. I fucking love Will Ferrell, man. I never watch sitcoms. What I mean, sitcom? I, I get around The Office. I get around to uh, South Park every now and then if I want to watch something that's funny. But you, I don't. You spend too much time watching Oprah. I need to, you know, put, no, put it in. No, dude, that's, it helps me, bro. It helps me. It helps me understand those people. <laughs> I, I was that's never... why I listen to conservative talk radio, too. I mean, I, I listen to conservative talk radio because I don't know anybody like that. I want to know how those fucking people think. And when I have those, you know what the libs don't know, okay? I'll tell you right now. Here's what the libs don't know. Obama doesn't like you either, okay? Obama's one of those elitists. You, and I, I like listening to that shit because this, oh. this fucking guy believes this. He's selling this. I was listening to Glenn Beck this morning. I stopped in my driveway for five minutes just sitting there shaking my head listening to Glenn Beck this morning. Just like, this is a crazy asshole that thinks that the reason why the fucking tsunami and earthquake happened is because we're not following the Ten Commandments. That crazy asshole actually suggested that. You know, so I, I, li I listen to everybody. So Oprah's on the list too, man. I gotta, I gotta listen. I gotta find out what she's up to. Mm. <laughs> the fuck is wrong with you? You got too high. <laughs> no, too I, 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 I just don't even. That's like seems like a bunch of serious stuff to watch. I, I guess I don't. Well, I mean, I like if I'm gonna watch anything serious, it's gonna be like fucking cops or murder stuff, so I can you know at least learn a skill trade. If I'm gonna murder somebody, how I can get away with it? Intervention is always the best. <laughs> you ever feeling down about yourself? Intervention. intervention. You ever want to like yeah. know that you're you're gonna be okay? Watch intervention. What watch, celebrity rehab? No intervention. Is that one, a real? one of those things where people like are falling apart, and then people have to go and rescue them. People that are yeah. doing crack and heroin. I love that craziness. That's the best part of celebrity rehab. That's my favorite show. My favorite part of celebrity rehab is uh, fucking um, 
what's his name? Eric Roberts. Yeah. He's, he's the, the best. best. <laughs> yeah, that guy was on, on celebrity rehab for weed. Yeah. It was hilarious. He never had a problem. People were falling apart all around him. He's in the back reading it, like on the side, reading a newspaper with his glasses, eating a sandwich. He, he never had a story. I mean, he did have like a rough childhood. Well, that's and the problem with that show. And though. he cried once. He cried once. But like a Dr. Drew talks so much shit on weed that when he, when Eric Roberts came to him, he's a celebrity. He needs a celebrity, man. Not very many celebrities will go on that show. They go, we got Eric Roberts. He goes, what's he here for? For weed. What are you going to tell him? Yeah. I mean, he tells every, Dr. Drew tells everybody that weed's bad for you. So he's got to admit him when really he has no problem. That was the craziest well, part of the show. Well, he has problems. He had nothing to do with counseling. the weed, though. Yeah, it didn't need well, he was using weed as an escape from his life, and it just happened to be weed. It could have been cough syrup. No, he dude, could have found the, some other shit to escape from yeah, his life. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But I think it was just—I think it was a way to blow up Eric Roberts, and he doesn't look bad. I hmm. what, what an easy way to to re rejuvenate the career. Celebrity rehab is fucking huge. You know what? He didn't. He what he, he said didn't look bad at all. In the very the very first day when I analyzed him, he said, "Doc, I I smoke." From a vaporizer, they show him it's healthier. He's talking about a vaporizer, yeah. how it's healthier. And he doesn't smoke that much at all. And he said, when I smoke, everybody loves me. I, I'm in a great mood. You know, I'm, I flow. But when I don't smoke, I get, you know, in a cranky mood and, I, and I'm pissed off. That's what he said the problem is. And Dr. Drew goes, hmm, we got to work on that. <laughs> he's telling, he showed him that he's smoking out of a vaporizer so I think that Eric Roberts would go this is a perfect way Same well thing no like for Dr. Drew man there's no solution other than sobriety you know yeah. I've, I, he, I, I retweeted something I, I, I think I forget someone tweeted something about pot and I retweeted it going suck on that Dr. Drew you know like to, to him Thinking that I've been friends with that guy for years. When are we going to get him on the oh, he got mad at you? To. Yes, he got mad at me. Whoa. I've been friends with him for years. And he's like, hey, Joe, I'm sorry. I'm killing your high. What the hell, man? Whoa. Yeah. You know, whoa. And, yeah. You know, attacking me or something like that. And I go, whoa, dude, I'm just, this is just a joke. I thought you knew my sense of humor. You know, I love you. And he writes back, I love you too. So it was cool. I mean, it all wind up cool. But he thought that I was like, really, sh like, fuck you, Dr. Drew, yeah. suck it. Get, you know, back some guys, you can't jo joke around like that. You can't, like, you could text me something and say, suck on that bitch. And I would be like, ah. Yeah. I would laugh if you could do it too. But with Dr. Drew, apparently you can't text Dr. Drew and say suck on it, bitch. You texted him or emailed him? Email, uh, Twittered it. Do you think you oh, ever did Oh, this shit on Twitter. Yeah, I Twittered it. So then everyone that, saw. Drew. Yeah, but come on, man. It's funny. Hey, so, so, um. The think, fuck? Do you think he would ever do the, do the show? No, but I'm going to do Loveline. I'm going to do right. Loveline. Maybe he was kidding. About doing it. The, Maybe he my, was kidding. Mad Mike is on um, Dancing with the Stars right now. What exactly did he say again? Maybe he. You read no, no, no. He wasn't kidding. He got, he got a little upset. He thought I was actually upset. When I was saying suck on that, he was like, I'm sorry, I'm killing your high. What the hell, man? Like, it seemed like he was hurt like his feelings were hurt like hmm. i attacked him okay this is the only discussion that we he and i have ever disagreed on I, I i i think that he's absolutely right about how much abuse goes on and you know like when when he can nail it when he's talking to people about like what's wrong with them yeah. what, what what i think is he discounts that there are very healthy people that can benefit from marijuana and that's <sighs> that's the difference i'm you know, people that aren't sick, that don't have addiction problems, that don't have substance problems, they can benefit greatly from marijuana. And the problem is he's dealing with a completely tainted pool. Everyone that he's dealing with is fucked up. He's, he has very few people that he's dealing with that aren't. He's an addiction specialist. He's, he's, by the time they get to him, their life is in the goddamn toilet. They're fucking falling apart. He's not necessarily sitting down with people that can say, hey, Dr. Drew... Listen, man, marijuana has made me a better person. I'm a, I'm a different person because of it. Okay, you know? so so what do you think it is? He'll be, you could be a different either, person anyway. It's either one of two things. Either he actually doesn't know that doesn't weed know. is good for you, or he knows, but 
Because no. he's a doctor, he doesn't want to hurt his reputation. No, look, he'll tell you it's better for you than alcohol, for sure. I mean, yeah. medically. But does he know the truth? Medically, about he's it? very honest about it. He doesn't it. know the he truth. He doesn't know. He believes that it's bad for you. And he, you know, he believes uh, that uh, it, it's uh, addictive, whether it's physically addictive or psychologically well, it's addictive. It's really no. Know. You know, when people say there's no, you know, marijuana is not addictive, everything you fucking do can be addictive if your mind is broken. If your mind gets wacky, you know, I've seen people, you're, you know anybody that's a gambling addict? You ever yeah. met people like that? Uh, I know a pe few people personally. Yeah. See, it's a nutty thing, right? They can't yeah. help it, man. They, 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 whatever it is, you can call it a psychological addiction, whatever it is, they are connected to gambling. They can't stop gambling. They do it all the time. I know a, a bunch of people from the pool world, from my days of playing pool. There were, I met so many people that were gambling addicts. That's, that's an addict addiction too, man. Marijuana can be addictive. Absolutely. Anything can be addictive if your mind is broken. But that doesn't mean that people like us, whose brains aren't broken, shouldn't be allowed to use it. That's exactly. that's where it gets annoying. To and when, benefit yeah, you. Yeah, to benefit you. And there when you tell him that it does, there should be some sort of a test. And when you tell him that it does, that's the only thing that ever annoys me about Dr. Drew, is that he's not willing to sort of take that into consideration. He He's a pretty rigid on his stance when it comes to, to psychedelic drugs. And yeah. to, to, that's, the, that's the only part that I can't stand, is he doesn't, he's, he's doesn't know yeah. the truth about marijuana. I thought yeah. maybe he does know, but he's just trying to save his job and he can't talk about it because technically it's still illegal, so I can't promote it. I thought it was that, and like he did know the truth but either way that would still be something that that i wasn't i wouldn't be happy with i'm like D do the research get on get on the internet dr drew you're a doctor come on look into it it's gonna you'll actually benefit from it you yourself yes he you would. will benefit most, from it most certainly if dr drew started smoking weed every now and then your life would change in a better way dr drew and you don't even know it and you're a doctor and you're on tv man i love you i've been listening to you from love line from back when i in, in 1989 back in the day I love Dr. Drew. I love 90% of what you say, but the 10% about the, the, um, uh, you not knowing the truth about marijuana, that, that burns me in, inside. It well, does. Todd McCormick schooled him on Loveline years ago when he was t talking about it. You know, he, he's, he's, he's definitely not, uh, not objective when it comes to that, but Hey, you know, whatever, that's him. That's what, you know, it's the path he's on. It's unfortunate. I think you would. I think all people can learn from psychedelic experiences. If you're if you're not fucked up, if there's not something wrong with you medically, if there's not something wrong with you psychologically where you really can't go on trips. You, you know, even just trips of eating weed, that, that shit it benefits you greatly. In Brazil, where ayahuasca is legal, the the people that are part of the ayahuasca churches and they're just normal, loving people, they give ayahuasca to their kids when they turn 14 to make sure they don't become alcoholics because ayahuasca at that age right when they're hitting puberty it sets them it sets wow. their brain straight somehow and ayahuasca if you know what it is <sighs> it's a it's a it's a it's the key to the other side to the spirit world it really is and when you see the spirit world at 14 somehow it, it keeps them from from being alcoholics. They do that in Brazil. It straightens you out, man. When you when you've had experiences like the the DMT experience, which if people don't know, ayahuasca is the DMT experience. Ayahuasca is an orally active version of DMT, and the reason it's orally active as opposed to the regular version is that DMT, when you eat it, is broken down in your stomach by something called monoamine oxidase, and monoamine oxidase um, is uh, is produced by your stomach and it kills it. So when you eat it, nothing happens. So what these people have figured out how to do, and this is uh, there's hundreds of thousands of different plants in the Amazon. Millions. They've figured out how to take the root of one tree and the leaves of another and they combine them and one of them has DMT and the other one has an, a natural MAO monoamine oxidase inhibitor 
So it inhibits your stomach's production of monoamine oxidase, and it allows the DMT to get into your bloodstream orally. Or, and it takes a long time. It takes like five or six hours for the full trip. And it's, it's like a ride through to the other side. It's like it allows you, during that brief amount of time, to tune into the spirit world, which is all around us all the time. And, you know, it's, uh, it's a, a huge part of their culture, and it's been something that has, uh, you know, been passed on from generation to generation. And it's a really incredible discovery because they figured out out of all those plants, they figured out how to take this, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, mix it together, boil it, strain it out, drink it, throw up. It tastes like dog shit. It tastes terrible. It's a long-ass process to make this, but they figured out how to do this. It's a really amazing discovery because they didn't figure out anything else. They have dirt floors and shit. They don't even have shoes. But yet they're out there making ayahuasca, connecting to the spirit world on a regular basis. And you know, and you th- you say, well, we're advanced. You know, those those are those poor people. They're not advanced. They're way more advanced. Yeah, yeah. They don't have supermarkets, but guess what? They live in a place where food is everywhere. Okay. And they go to the spirit world all the time. Like, they're completely connected to the afterlife. If anybody realizes that this is all just a bullshit good time and just try to enjoy it as much as you can, they do. Those fucking people are knocking on the door every day. They're, they're going back and forth all the time. They're not lost in the jungle. They're completely aware of Western civilization and technology. They know all about it. Once you go to the other side, apparently... You realize all that matters is is being harmonious with Mother Nature, and once you see the spirit world and you see it so clearly, like all the materialistic stuff in the world apparently seems to not be so important anymore. Your priorities change up, and you know it. I didn't do ayahuasca. I did the real. I I smoked DMT with. Um, that's the 10 minute version of an eight hour trip. Well, it's actually much. It's very very difficult to get the full. DMT experience when you're drinking ayahuasca. It's a long experience, but it's not as slow. McKenna always described it as like, uh, you know, like you, you compress a file and then you download it and then you uncompress it on your hard drive and it becomes fucking huge. Yeah. You know, he's like, that's what DMT is like. It's like you're, you're downloading something that's just going to explode in your brain yeah. and, and, you know, and, and un, unhinge and uh, you know, give you the, the full effect in 10, 15 minutes as it, opposed to the ayahuasca trip. It changed my life. You know, I don't want to get into the it changed details. changed mine too. I mean, we've talked about it a bunch yeah. of times. I, you I'm, and I have done it a bunch of times. It, to me, it, it confirmed, you know, I grew up very religious. And then at 10, when I found out that everybody wasn't Catholic, I thought everybody was Catholic. Everybody in my neighborhood was Catholic. We had a couple Protestants in the school. I didn't know what that was. I was a little confused. And then we had a couple Jehovah's Witness. And I was like, hmm. But mostly everybody was Catholic. All the sitcoms that the kids watched back then coincided with Catholic holidays. So we see Christmas specials and we see Easter. So I just thought everybody was Catholic. You know, I was an altar boy. I'm like, I can't wait to get to heaven because my life sucks. Once I found out that there was Jews out there and I found, I'm like, what's a Jew? Is is that a person? Oh no, it's a religion. And there's other religions then. I became a- atheist once I found out there's a thousand religions and I went, oh, it's just, must, must me all be bullshit. You know, so then I became super atheistic, started writing songs about Satan. I didn't believe in Satan, but I'm like, I don't believe in anything and I'm going to scare all these Christians and I'm going to write about Satan killing priests and stuff. Didn't, I wasn't atheist. I mean, I was, didn't believe in God at all. And then when I was 21, I had an experience that made me uh, realize that there might be some stuff out there. Um, should I tell the psychic story? Uh, tell whatever you want, man. Um, well, I, it's I went, an interesting story. I went from a- atheism to a, uh, being an agnostic at 21. 
was wa- I just moved to Hollywood to be a rock star, I'm walking up Sunset Boulevard, passing the Roxy, and my buddy John was like 10, 15 yards ahead of me, and in front of the Roxy, there's this hippie playing, um, he's playing guitar, and, he's, and he has this sign about the Amazon rainforest getting chopped down and all this stuff, and he's just a dirty hippie to me, and I pass by, and he's all tree-hugging, and I looked at him, and in my mind, I'm like, you know, take a shower, but I didn't actually say that. And as if he read my mind, he stopped playing, walked up to me, looked me in the face and said, if I guess your birthday, will you listen to me? And I'm like, yeah, right. And he looked at me in the eye and said, he said, May, May 15th. I'm like, holy shit. I said, John, John, come here. I, I, I waved my friend over and I, as if that wasn't enough, I, he had to do it again for the confirmation. I said, guess his birthday. And John didn't know what that was going on. He said, he looked at John and said, March 30, 31st. Mate, 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 mate. It's the, the probabilities. Yeah, if yeah. You, if, you, if you, let's look at probability. Probability theater. Probability theory. Remember yeah, that conversation yeah, yeah, we had? Yeah, yeah. We, we had a conversation with a friend of yeah, ours. Yeah, at that point. He was at, telling a story and the guy goes, mate, it's probabilities. Probability theory. If you follow probability theory, there's a way to do that. You can figure out someone's birthday. I go, what the fuck are you talking about, man? You can't just guess one day and then another guy comes over, you guess that day too. No, that's insane. There's yeah. not, that's not probability theory. Yeah. Probability theory says it's very unlikely that you would be able to do that. Yeah, so he started talking about the rainforest. We just stood there with our jaws dropped. I didn't listen to anything. Thing he said all I kept thinking about is how the hell did he do that I was amazing so I came to a, a conclusion it's got to be one of two things either he could somehow read thoughts and if you think something there's people that could see the thoughts somehow it's like a weird other sense or there was some voice whether it's an angel or a demon or a spirit or whatever or the Akashic records it's something telling him and then he, it had, so to me, I became agnostic, which meant I'm like, okay, maybe I don't know what the fuck is going on. And how old were you when this happened? I was 21. So what do you think happened? You think that dude was doing ayahuasca and he just tripped all the time and had some sort of a, a, a constant connection to the spirit world because he's running around being selfless, only trying to help people and looking yeah. like a bum? Yeah, because yeah. if he's if he's dedicating his life to saving the rainforest, he's got like, she's super overactive when it comes to like loving the planet like he loves mm. the planet so much that he's dedicating his whole life he's not taking showers he's on the on sunset playing guitar he's dedicating his whole life that guy that guy nobody loves the planet more than that dude you, you know, know? I, I was listening to a mckenna uh podcast uh i forget psychedelic cafe i think is the name of the podcast and it had a terrence mckenna speech where he was talking about how everybody's so concerned about the rainforest and everyone's so concerned about the environment and pollution and toxifications of the ocean but if just one just one of these things that has hit the earth so many times in the past came here from outer space you wouldn't have to worry about anything anymore. There'd be nothing left. You know, he's talking about the, the, the meteor that hit the Yucatan and how that within the first second and a half, it was five miles deep into the earth. Fuck! Yeah. The first second and a half, it was five miles deep. And that's the, fuck the ozone layer, fuck the rainforest, fuck everything. It's all done. And those goddamn, every planet is littered 
with these giant craters. They're all over Jupiter. They're all we've seen them hit in our lifetime. You know, there's an amateur astronomer very recently in Australia that caught a big impact in Jupiter. We've seen it in you know we we we've seen them hit Jupiter before with um there was there was one big one I believe in '94. You know, Shoemaker-Levy, I think it was, a big comet that slammed in. I mean, look, it's some scary-ass fucking shit, and there's so many of them out there. There's so many of them. That didn't, that incident didn't make me become a tree hugger, but it did make me, um, it did put me on a quest to find out, like, I just instantly became fascinated at right, like, how we did happened? that. What do you think? I mean, you had to be, you had to think about that guy. That's what I said. It was either, to me, it was either he could read thought, either whatever. Did you ask him? No, I didn't ask him. Whoa. Either either he... Why didn't you ask him? I don't... Maybe I did and he said, don't worry about it, you know, or... <laughs> Whoa, I, what a cocksucker. I just know Fucking hold him back on the ability you to know, read minds? I just know. What I heard a voice or something. So to me... What a shithead, To huh? me, he did it. It didn't matter how he did it. I wouldn't even of... let him talk anymore. I'd be like, come on, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Spread that shit around, Billy. <laughs> I want to know numbers. Um, I just knew that... There had to be something that we don't understand. There has to be like another dimension or something. So I became obsessed with finding out what life really is. You know, I'm just always been on that quest. That's how I became a conspiracy theorist. That's why, you know, I'm, you know, uh, fascinated with ancient cultures and what they did. I'm, I have stacks and stacks of DVDs, just like you, stacks of DVDs of conspiracy theories and, uh, uh, you know, um, documentaries on ancient cultures and you know the government and how the government works and all this stuff that set me on the course right there to find out uh, what's really going on is there an afterlife I mean that's important it became important to me to find out if there is if the, is there some kind of higher power you know so that set it off so I became agnostic and through DMT and all the the, the things that I've been through I'm to me, I feel I'm pretty certain there's an afterlife that we don't just die and just we're just done. I I, I believe that there is um, there is the Akashic records and the ancient Indians believed um, from India. They believe you know they call they dubbed it the Akashic records that there's in the afterworld there's a river of infinite information that you can have access to the answers to everything and you know through meditation and just through controlling your own frequency, you know, people have done it. It's, it's, it's been done. There's been a, the most famous uh, on, in the West was Edgar Cayce. He had the knowledge to tap into this information and no one can figure it out. He has like 13 or 14,000 documented readings. He got huge. The president came to him. He was, you know, he was a, a guy with a third grade education, but when he went under in his medium state, he had the answers to everything. He was like this, uh, like this, this man in a in a different voice, and would just have the answers to everything. It was yeah. What was uh, have anybody debunked Edgar Casey or re read any of that shit? You can't debunk him. Really? He smashes. You just look into him. He smashes. He knew in 1920. He knew like the function of every gland, and no one knew if he was bullshitting because they didn't even know back right. then. We're finding the shit he's saying. We're finding out the shit now. Right. That he was right. He did. He would rattle off like the pituitary gland and give you like what vitamins you need to take, what's its function, going through all the glands. And people thought oh, he's crazy, but he had it documented. MDs are going back and studying his his readings and going, "Holy shit!" There's you can't debunk him. He hmm. had the power. He had the power to, to reach. And he's not the only one. There's a lot of people that could do it. You know, meditation helps. 
You know, you yourself have even said through uh, meditating in your tank that you feel like you have access to information. Well, I definitely feel like the the closer you get to being at peace and in the right frequency, and that you can direct your frequency. I really do believe that. I believe that with uh, the tank and with, especially if I go into the tank under the influence of the sacred plant, and I and I and I and I get into that groove of of completely totally letting go. And, and trying to abandon uh, all that is about me and just try to be empty and just tune into it. There's a there's a, a place that I get to. It's almost like I go on this little journey, and I got to keep it together while I'm going on this journey because sometimes when I'm on it, it could get a little weird. I start thinking about myself or about my life or about anything else, and then I, it interrupts my progress. But if I can tune in and stay in long enough, it's like I go through a tunnel, and then when I get through the tunnel, if I can keep it together, I get through the tunnel, and then I break on through to the other side. And when I break on through to the other side, it literally is like I get to another place. It's yeah. like I go through this tunnel, this tunnel of, of it's almost like tuning my mind into the perfect frequency and whether or not I'm willing to l let go of all of my control, all of my control and my thinking. And if I can, if I can, it's, it's literally like a magical event, man, where I, I pop through this tunnel on the other side and there's this beautiful, incredible psychedelic world over there, psychedelic world of patterns and, and, and communication. And it's, it's like a mushroom trip. It's like a DMT trip. Yeah, so either... A, that's imaginary and it's all just in your head. It's a trip. Or B, it's actually some place. Well, you know, the real, I don't think two. there is anything that's imaginary. This is my thinking okay. about the imagination. Okay. That's what I'm this is what I think, man. Your imagination, you're a very creative person. Now, think of all the different things that you've thought of, you know, whether you were when you were writing shit for the man show or whether you're creating jujitsu moves. Whatever it is, you think it and then it manifests itself in a, in a real form as a real thing, a solid object. It was at one point in time just a thought, like the ability to put something in a can. Somebody had to think this up, how to make a fucking can and then figure out how many coconuts you'd have to squash to, to get all this coconut juice into this can. There's a lot of work involved in that, but you, someone has to create it and think it. And so the imagination allows you to think of these ideas and then they manifest themselves in a real form. So the real question is, what the fuck is the imagination? What, what is, what is, when you're thinking things up and someone comes up with the idea of nuclear power, I mean, granted, there's a bunch of steps along the way, a bunch of other discoveries have to be made, a bunch of things have to be pieced together to get to a point where you're, you know, making a nuclear power plant or an airplane or a fucking anything really complicated. But the bottom line is all of it has come out of nothing. All of it, every idea ever has come out of the air. Mm -hmm. It's the imagination. So... So you're saying, what is it? So you're saying, be it's someplace. So and if yeah. you you look at the ancient Indians and it, you know, is there an Akashic records? Is there proof? Yes, there's a lots of proof, but the undeniable proof. You look at Edgar Casey. He proves that you can somehow uh, under hypnosis or in a trance or in meditation, you can tap into this infinite knowledge, these answers that came from somewhere else. So if there is this infinite river of knowledge, or um, what the hell is it? Who created it? What's it for? Is there, is there consciousness behind it? Did something create it? Is there, do we, when we exist in the spirit world, are we like this super infinite? I mean, because if you listen to the, the, the mystics and uh, ancient cultures, the mediums, they, if you look at all the things they all agree on, they all say, and even Terence McKenna has said this, that in the afterlife, 
In the other dimension, there's no time. There's no past, there's no present, there's just now, everything happens at the same time. No human can actually understand that or understand what that feels. They can't wrap their brain around it. I can't, I can say it, but I don't really know what it feels like. But that's what they all say. There is no time. And this dimension that we're living in is an illusion of time. We see time moves in a linear, a linear fashion. So we perceive it as time. And like, what does that really mean? This is an illusion? Really? Like, what could it mean? And if there is this river of infinite knowledge, God damn it, whatever created that for sure is there's some intelligent design going on. Like, that's what I'm coming, that's the conclusion I'm coming to. That's not just some natural phenomenon where there's infinite knowledge and certain people under meditation could tap into it. That sounds like there's some awesome shit that created that for multiple dimensions, right? right? If it exists, and then you backtrack, did it exist? Yes, there's lots of proof that it is there. People are taking information. The guy who guessed my birthday and my friend's birthday, he tapped into this infinite river of knowledge that ancient cultures all talk about. Do you, believe, do you believe in God? Man, of course. There's, but you can call it not like the bearded man no, no, or Allah. No, no but the creator. You, like there is a higher power. There is intelligent design. There is, this is, if this is, if what we know is it, that's, it's embarrassing for this universe. If we're the smartest, nobody knows shit on this Yeah, planet. but that's, but that's not embarrassing because at one point in time, it had to be lower than us. If yeah. the, the, the Big Bang actually created the universe, at one point in time, like a day old, was the universe like, God, you should be embarrassed with yourself. This is yeah. it? How you don't even have worms yet, you fucking loser? Huh. Well, the whole universe, if, if everything evolves, I mean, at, at one point in time, it has to be in a low form. You know, what no, we are sure. in this, you know, if this is a universe, if this is a dimension, you know, what, what, whatever you want to classify this space that we dwell in, you know, whether, when do you think it's one part of the great beyond, it's all attached together, whatever the fuck it is, this part is at this stage, this is where it is, you know, as embarrassing as what we are right now, this may very well be as far as it gets. Maybe. I mean, if, if we think that there are aliens and we think that aliens at one point in time used to be, uh, you know, like us and then they evolved and became much better than us, well, that means they had to be like us at one point. Time. For sure. Somebody, somebody, the the, the, the the fucking top of the line, the front of the line had to be like us at one there's point no, in time. There's no argument for evolution. Maybe it's I us. Believe, I believe, it might be us. I believe right? in evolution and a higher power and intelligent design at the right. same time. How trippy would that be, though, that if we exist. really were the top of the line as far as intelligence goes, as far as the universe? What if we really are the only one? That would be a trip, man. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> it wouldn't be incredible. It would, the I mean, it sounds, that, it sounds ridiculous. The odds of it. I mean, the yeah. odds that we... Oh, we're number one. We're lucky. But here's the thing. It had to happen somewhere once, right? If, it's, if it happens here, right, if, if we are the ones and we've gotten to this point, then just because it, it – I'm not saying this right – but because it's happening here doesn't mean that it's happening somewhere else. It might literally only be happening here. I believe, that, I believe in evolution, absolutely. I mean there's so much proof of it, but there's also – like these inconsistencies with it too, and like the missing link and, and the, the chromosomes. I think a and all lot that of that stuff. is just but a lack of understanding, honest, I, un honestly. I believe in both. I believe that there is, if there's an, if there's an Akashic Records, if there's an infinite river of knowledge, there's, an, there's definitely, in my eyes, the, the conclusion would be that that's, there's a higher power with higher intelligence than what we're, we're at. Someone yeah. else, we're not creating that shit. Somebody created that. We can't fucking make an infinite river of knowledge where we could just grab it like a supercomputer. We're still on laptops. I'm saying that that proves that there's something way beyond us, way beyond. It might not be that simple. It might be something like we're moving towards becoming that. 
It might be that. It might be that there is no God and there is no, there's no one who's at the wheel of this whole thing, but that the whole thing is moving in a direction. The way to move in the correct direction is to move towards God, is to move towards love, is to move towards friendship and happiness. And that's why when you crack through to the next stage, when you, when you, you know, have that DMT trip and you go over there, it's like what you're trying to do is to get there. Mm-hmm. What you're trying to do is to tune in to how they're tuned in, you know, and that it's not even that there's a thing behind it, but it's that you are it. You yeah. are that thing. Exactly. We like all are that We're thing. All water molecules in yes. the ocean. That's yes. that's one of the conclusions and theories based on all the shit that I've yeah. heard. It seems like the afterworld is like an ocean. It is like God is one. God is ocean, but we're all part of it. We're all like a water molecule. We're all affected. It's the ultimate mind fuck. It's the ultimate mind fuck to think about you. You know, and that your your own biology is sort of betraying you into thinking that you're an individual and that you're not a part of some gigantic fucking thing that's all happening. Yeah. But one of the things that you've realized and I've realized over the course of our friendship, I mean, Eddie's been my best friend since I think 2000, we started hanging out in 2000 and which comes back to the, it comes back to the story of the twister because this is how we we became good friends. Um, I was uh, getting uh, uh, private lessons when I first started doing jujitsu. I was a blue belt under this dude. I won't say his name. He's a very nice guy, but it's an, I'm going to say something negative. And I was, because I was getting uh, private lessons from him all the time, he was the only guy that I was rolling with and I wasn't really learning nearly as much as I thought. I thought like if you're kickboxing and like you say, if you get a chance to work out with Rob Kamen, it's way better to work out with Rob. Rob came in one-on-one than it is to go to a private class. Like, he's going to correct all yes. your technique. So I thought that would be the case with jiu-jitsu. Like, I would get really good going to class. It ain't like that. And Eddie was the first person to tell me. And uh, Eddie came to uh, uh, one of the private lessons that I was having with Silvio, and we rolled around a little bit. And right away, he got me in a twister. And I had no idea what the fuck he's doing. All of a sudden, he hooks my knee with his left leg, and his left foot goes under his right knee, and he rolls forward under his left shoulder, and I'm spinning around like a top. And next thing you know, he's got my arm wrapped around his neck, and he's fucking pulling on my neck like this. I was like, what the fuck did you just do? Like, I had been doing jujitsu for two years, and I had no idea what the fuck you just did to me. And I was like, God damn. And you're like, I'll teach you all this shit. I was like, dude, teach me this shit. And that's how we became friends. And that's also how I started smoking pot. You know, I was on the Mark Marin podcast the other day, and this came up. Um, you know, I, I thought that marijuana and all that stuff was for losers. I thought that it just made you a loser. You're just going to become unmotivated. You're not going to get anything done. You're going to be a dummy and just sit and watch TV. That's not what I wanted, man. I wanted to make sure. We're like our friend Bud. We have a good friend, Bud, who's like super fucking go-getter. You know, Bud is a great guy. He, he's the one who put together the TV show to uh, build that car, the Barracuda. And he's also the one who did uh, my garage, like an MMA garage. He's always got like a bunch of different TV shows going on. And he's a fucking go-getter. And you and I are always like, dude, please just let us get you high. <laughs> How many times? More than, More than anybody. More than Dr. Drew. More than anybody. How many times have we been having this conversation with him? And he's always like, after I make my first million, then he makes his first million. Like, I'm still, I'm, look, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to slow down now. Like, he just does not want to slow down. And we're like, it ain't about slowing down, man. It's not about, I'm not slowing down. I haven't slowed down at all. I work more now than I ever did before. Same here, man. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a busy motherfucker. That's, isn't that an, an annoying goddamn stereotype that potheads are, are, are lazy? We get a lot of shit done, dude. I'm doing two podcasts a week I'm writing a book I'm writing my stand-up comedy I'm performing stand-up comedy and I'm doing stand-up I'm, I'm doing uh, the the commentary for the number one mixed martial arts organization in the fucking world and I'm training jujitsu and I'm doing kettlebells and I'm raising kids and I play pool every night and I gotta surf the internet and I gotta beat off there's a lot of shit going on man there's a lot of goddamn time I'm not lazy at all I squeeze it all out of every day so when people say that potheads you know that it makes you lazy it's just a stereotype man and that was a stereotype that I thought before I met you man 
I do sleep to about 10.45 every day. I, so I, what? What time do you go to I'll bed? What time like, do you go to bed? Two or three. Yeah, that's like eight hours. That's okay. what you're supposed to get, man. Most of these people are in bed at 10 o'clock at night. That's why when they get up at 6 o'clock in the morning, they're all impressed with themselves. I'm like, yeah, bitch, I slept till 1.30 in the afternoon. But where were you at 5 a.m.? I was writing the greatest bit I've ever written in my life, okay? That's why I write my best <laughs> shit. I was in the fucking isolation tank traveling through the universe, all right? That's what I was doing while you were sleeping. So don't give me a hard time because my time is different than your time. Like somehow or another, you know, you you're fucking doing yoga at 5 a.m., so you're the king. And Fuck you, stupid. And it's all based on farmers anyway. Yeah, it know? is based on... You're right. <laughs> it's, it's based on farmers. <laughs> you don't have to fucking get up early. That's nonsense. And Sleep. The, the crazy thing is that Joe and I, before we started smoking weed, we were totally against it. We were yeah. bag on stoners, and we thought it made you stupid. And I would talk so much shit on, on stoners. And at 28, that's when I found out the truth. That's when I reaped the benefits of marijuana. And then when I met Joe, he was so funny... I thought this guy's got to smoke pot. He's so funny. Like I'd go see him, you know, do stand up at the comedy store, and I'm like, "That's that dude who trains at Jean Jacques Machado's. He trains at my school. Hey, what's up, dude? I train at your school." And I was like, "Watch him do comedy," and I thought he was great. I go, "He's got to smoke." Yeah, weed. Eddie and I had a bunch of fortuitous meetings just out of the out of the blue before we became friends. At one time, Eddie's eyes aren't so good, and one time we were at a uh, at Mel's diner, and it was late at night, man. It was like one o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, "Yo, Eddie, Eddie, yo, Eddie." And he's like, man, who's this motherfucker talking to me, man? I might have to fight this dude in front of my chick. Like, oh, that's you remember right. that? You, oh my god, you, you remember was, that? Yeah, you thought I was like some dude who's just fucking yeah, with you. I, I had to throw down. I'm like, I thought you yeah. were you were because I was with the chick, and I yeah. thought you were saying something to the chick. I yeah, got, you didn't hear what I was saying, and you can't see that good, so you couldn't see me from a distance. So by the time I came up to your table, you're like, who's this motherfucker? And then you go, oh, hey, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch news radio, and at that point, it was before Fear Factor, so I never watched news radio, and. So I was like, okay, I hear he's an actor or something. Like, it, I, I barely remembered yeah. you. But then when I saw you at the comedy and store. that was by luck, too. You didn't come there with me. You just came there. Yeah, I was just we at the comedy. I would go see comedy. Because yeah. right when I started smoking weed, I, I began to appreciate comedy way more. Because uh, uh, to way me, better. all of a sudden, my, my mind figured out how to write comedy. Right, right. when I started smoking weed. I never understood. I was fascinated with comedy, but I never understood how they put bits together. I didn't understand the setup. I didn't right. understand the structure of comedy. But as soon as I start smoking weed, I'm like, I know where they're doing. I know what they're doing now. They're doing this and they're taking that and then doing. So I understood the basic formula. So I just became fascinated. And then I saw you. I'm like, that's that dude from my jujitsu school. He's an actor. And you killed me. You were just, you were all nothing but dick jokes <laughs> and like relationship jokes, chick jokes, dating jokes. But you were killing it. And then when you came, you walked off stage. I'm like, hey, dude, what's up, dude? I go, you fucking were awesome. And then we, then that's when he invited me to give him a private or something. That's that when was I after. met you at when I was taking privates with that dude. Yeah. And then you came down to class and then, and then the, the pot smoking began. That was it. Yeah, you know, it took me. It. I thought you totally smoked weed. Yeah, so when I not, asked you, let's not tell about the the story because it's kind of illegal. Oh, the one thing, the one part about the story. Isonomy is not oh, okay. illegal in okay. California. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's legal now. Weed's legal you now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. You're like, that's cryptic shit for you bitches listen this goddamn podcast has been going on long enough yeah. if it wasn't for Eddie Bravo I would have never got into jujitsu if it wasn't for Eddie Bravo I never would have become a stoner he's one of my fucking favorite human beings to walk the face of the earth you can find him on Twitter E-D-D-I-E-B-R-A-V-O on Twitter and uh, your website is 10thplanetjj.com right? 
Yep, I'm on the forum every day, the new Beaver forum. And Brian Redband, you can catch him on Twitter at Redband, R-E-D-B-A-N. And please follow him. He's getting very insecure. He's got such a high Death Squad iTunes rating. It's like number 13 and shit. It's blowing the fuck up. But yet his goddamn Twitter is so minuscule. I know. Well, I've just surpassed the 300,000 mark, bitches. Nice. Can I say one more thing before we close? Yeah, for sure. Um, We were talking about Michael Jai White earlier. I just want to say that the Never Back Down 2... Michael Jai White was the producer, star, director. He wanted to make sure that it was MMA authentic so and not be anything like the first one. So Never Back Down 2, you know, he brought me in as a consultant. I ended up getting a little part. I got a couple songs on the soundtrack. But we did our best to make it, uh, to fill all the holes, to make sure that a hardcore MMA fan could come and watch this movie and couldn't poke any holes. And there's a twister in there, too. I choreographed a fight where he gets nice. a guy to twister. A and it seemed, nice. it seemed at that point like, you know, like there was no twisters in the UFC. So I can see right. like the producers as I'm putting it together. Like, oh, are you guy sure guy? we're gonna do this? I mean, this is legit. Are, are right. people gonna? Isn't this like a double flip kick? And thank God the Korean zombie pulled off a twister. So now it, it legitimizes that part of the movie as well. Nice. So there's rubber guard in the movie. It's, we we did our best with it, man. I saw a rough cut of it. I loved it. So cool. cool. All right, this weekend, uh, Portland. I'm uh, there with Joey Diaz. Thursday, Friday, Saturday at the Helium Comedy Club. This shit is all almost sold out. If you want tickets, you got to jump on it right now because uh, there was very few left as of today. So uh, get in there. Thank you, everybody, for Seattle. The Moore Theater was fucking sold out, and it was crazy. And the Voodoo Chicken went on stage for the very first time. It was absolutely spectacular. Seattle, you guys are the shit. I had a great fucking time. And when I said how many people listen to the podcast, like 99% of the crowd went crazy. It's all podcast people now. These crowds are all podcast podcast crowds it's nuts thank you very much for the fleshlight to the fleshlight if you go to joerogan.net and click on the link that says fleshlight and enter in the code name rogan you get 15% off so that's it freaks Wednesday uh, we're doing Joey Diaz Joey Diaz will be on the podcast Wednesday and then Wednesday night we'll be at Sal's Comedy Hall in LA alright bitches you know I love you Saturday night or Saturday the Saturday 10th planet Springfield I'll be there teaching a seminar Springfield Massachusetts no no uh, Springfield Missouri Missouri I'm sorry Springfield Missouri this Saturday get on the Nibiru forum um, get the details at 10thplanetjj.com alright bitches we will uh, see you guys on Wednesday I think I over bitches I did one more it sounded artificial that last bitches I take it back 